the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here as well. Triple Eight Nine Hundred. 3393 Pat Gray Unleashed Brett Kavanaugh continues to be smeared um, mobs continue to harass Republicans both representatives and not representatives both in the uh, administration and otherwise and <clears throat> there's actually a media battle going on right now over the Kavanaugh story with the second accuser. New Yorker writer um, writers Ronan Farrell and Jane Mayer pushed back yesterday against the New York Times coverage of the latest sexual misconduct allegations. The Times said on Sunday that the reporters never confirmed with other eyewitnesses that Kavanaugh attended a Yale uh, dorm party where Deborah Ramirez claims he drunkenly exposed himself. Paper said it interviewed several dozen people in a vain attempt to find someone with firsthand knowledge to corroborate the allegations. They couldn't. The Times also said that Ramirez contacted former classmates to see if they remembered the alleged incident and told some of them she wasn't even sure it was Kavanaugh who exposed himself. But Farrow now says it wasn't accurate for a Washington Post columnist to have tweeted the Times uh, report that they declined to publish. But his only issue with this, apparently, is that their reporter pursued Ramirez aggressively. The New York Times supposedly pursued her to find out. And she declined to participate because she was talking exclusively to the New Yorker. But what he doesn't seem to uh, contradict is their claim that he doesn't have another he doesn't have a single eyewitness in this story. So <clears throat> with all that's going on, your main problem is that they didn't run with it because she wouldn't talk to him <clears throat> or is your problem with the facts? No, he didn't seem to have any problem with the facts. She didn't have any eyewitnesses to back up her story. He was just pissed that the uh, that the Times reported that they wouldn't do the story. Story f- actually isn't and wasn't worth doing because if you can't get anybody to corroborate, and this woman's <clears throat> uh, memory is hazy and there's no evidence at all, it's not a story. Yeah, we've gone from. We shouldn't even be talking about it. Journalism 101, get two sources mm-hmm. to um, unnamed sources to. Yep. Uh, we don't need any. To sources. no source. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely no other source other than the person making the allegation. It's ludicrous. Uh, it's, it's really something. It's dangerous. Super dangerous. And we are a society Irresponsible. falling apart in all areas. And, and you're libeling people. You're def- you're defaming them. It's staggering. It's it really is staggering what is happening. That coupled with the fact that you can hassle, you can berate, 
You can belittle. You can yell and scream, gather mobs, and threaten people out in public. As Maxine Waters said, get in their faces. Mm -hmm. Get in their faces in restaurants, department stores, at the gasoline stations. Wherever they go, she she wants her followers to hassle Republicans or people who support Trump. It is... This is getting dangerous. And if something, if it escalates to the point where somebody gets hurt in one of these encounters, she's going to be the one one to blame. She's the one to blame because she's been egging people on. Openly egging them on. It's despicable. Really, really, really despicable. This latest thing where Ted Cruz and his wife Heidi go out to dinner in uh, in D.C. And the mob gets together and starts chanting at him and, and uh, yelling insults at him. Uh, unbelievable. We believe survivors. 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 Okay, so they're chanting, we believe survivors survivors of sexual assault, I guess. Beto is way hotter than you, dude. Then you have that uh, dipwad telling Ted Cruz, Beto is way hotter than you, dude. Yeah, well, you're not that great either, yeah, okay, Pumpkin? tanning salon every hour. So. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jeez. We believe survivors! We believe survivors! We believe survivors! We believe survivors. Listen, you can just hear the hatred in their voices, too. Like, listen to this woman. We believe survivors. Yeah, their families must be proud. Uh, that's. I mean, it's like first grade or something. Oh, it's so ridiculous. Yeah. It's so. It, and it's just wrong. Leave people. How would you like it if everywhere you go, there's a crowd of people that are hounding you? They would claim that they're scared to death, that this is a threat, and they're mm-hmm. they're afraid for their lives. Yep. That's what they would do. And it makes me want to gather people together, find out who these people are, and follow them around till we can start doing it to them. But, of course, that's not the right direction to go. <laughs> that's just, that's not what we need to be doing. But, uh, man, is it tempting. Because it's gotten so ridiculous um as we head into the to the midterms here it looks like according to an nbc poll the dems democrats have a big advantage uh if there is a dark cloud or if there's a silver lining to the dark cloud republicans might like the latest polling um although it might depend on just how much dark they can take Yesterday's results show Democrats leading the generic ballot by 12 points among registered voters. A sharp increase in the gap. That's, but that's not the way you're supposed to measure likely voters, not registered. Mm-hmm. Because you can poll all the registered voters you want. That, that's meaningless. It's those who are probably going to vote in this upcoming election that you want to, you want to uh, actually poll. So Democrats hold a 12-point lead in congressional preference among registered voters. 
with uh, about six and ten saying they'd like to see significant change in the direction President Trump has been leading the country. The results suggest a political environment where Democrats have the clear advantage in their pursuit. Now, what are they saying is the good news here, though? Because uh, I'm not seeing any good news for for Republicans. Mm. I'm not seeing the silver lining here. What am I missing? I, I saw a story um, that's in the stack there that, that mm. Republicans' favorability uh, as its Oh, yeah, at its highest point. That's true. That's but, probably what but the... But that doesn't jive with these polls. No, it doesn't. Democrats. 45% of Americans now have a favorable view of the Republican Party. That's a nine-point gain from last September. Hmm. Huh. I don't know that they're polling conservatives then. <clears throat> I don't know. Because... I don't know. That would not be the case. Have you seen what they're not doing? We just went over it yesterday. All the promises made and none of them kept. Yeah. Not, not by Congress. Yeah. But it's still, it's the party's most positive image since uh, they registered 47% in 2011, right after taking control of the House in the 2010 midterm elections. 44% give the Democrat Party a favorable rating. So it's 45-44 Republicans. Huh. Then how can they be in the lead in this NBC poll? I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's huh. registered voters, not likely. I don't know. But uh, right. we're what? I don't know. We're about five and a half weeks away. No, it's just Tuesday. So six weeks away, exactly. Oh, yeah. From the election. Yeah. Wow. Here we go. It's getting close. Hard to believe it's that time already. You know, we got, we, it's almost, it's time to bring out the Halloween stuff. Sure doesn't feel like that with the heat and humidity in this town. 90 oh, degrees, the high temperature in Dallas and Asher outdoor. Al Gore loving our misery. Plus, then we get this, you know, it's been so humid. And then it rains, making it even more humid. And so you just have this warm, drizzly wetness that's going on. I just wish some of this rain could go north and douse some of the fires that are happening throughout the West in California and Utah. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a really bad fire season. Really bad. Uh, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Do we have do we have the video of Ted Cruz and his wife being accosted? Do we have an update on that? Yeah, yeah, ready. we have that ready. Okay, yeah, uh, here's one. let's let's see the longer version mm-hmm. uh, of what happened. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Beto is way hotter than you do. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Despicable. Animals. Let my wife through. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Unreal. Now listen, listen, it gets better. Morons. that last thing oh oh cancel kavanaugh for women's rights and every marginalized community 
I mean, it's over, man. This was fun. It was good. We had a good run. <sighs> Mob Rule USA, baby. I mean, that's despicable. It's absolutely despicable. Animals is maybe the best description of uh, what these people are. Just animals. Can you imagine going to a restaurant where Harry Reid is having dinner and acting like this? Mm -hmm. No way. No. Not in a million years would I do anything like this. Not... No right-thinking human being is going to want to do this to people. Hey, Ted Cruz, what has he done to survivors? Nothing! He hasn't done anything to these survivors that you say you believe in. Or you believe. They believe survivors. Yeah, not the... You certainly don't believe the Keith Ellison survivor. Hmm. 5% of Democrats believe the Keith Ellison survivor. She's actually got evidence. You know, someone on Twitter last night was making oh the point, gosh. and uh, Sarah Gonzalez interacted with this individual. I chose not to. Uh, but he was saying how this is a lifetime appointment. This is a judgeship. Uh, you know, we have to, if, there, if there's an allegation, uh, this man should not be in that uh, office space. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, Juanita Broderick claimed to have been raped. Mm hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you were A-OK with Bill Clinton being elected twice, even though there was no that allegation. Because that's all you need, right? An allegation. You cannot stop people from office, from jobs, from life because of an allegation. That's not America. That is, that's not what we do. That's not what we stand for. That's not who we are. Wow. 888-900-3393. Um, With the goal of creating a real superfood, specially designed to enhance your health and help you reach your full potential, a team of top physicians gathered to form Brickhouse Nutrition. And from that, they created Field of Greens, which I love. What is Field of Greens? It's a real superfood. And it just comes in powdered form. And you take a scoop and put it into a drink, just eight ounces of water if you want. It makes it taste like Kool-Aid or a smoothie or um, or a shake. And uh, then you get a full serving of real certified vegan, vegetarian, and USDA organic fruits and vegetables, complete with antioxidants. And you don't actually have to put nasty-tasting green beans or kale into your mouth. This is such an actual food that it has nutrition facts on the panel because it is real food. So... Do this every day. You're going to have clean, green energy that fuels your body and a happier and healthier lifestyle. Go to BrickHousePat.com. Give it a try today. See if you don't absolutely love this like I do. You'll get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. We believe survivors. 
We believe survivors. We believe survivors. Yeah, the the only thing missing from that uh, awesome display of... um, Insanity. Insanity was uh, the mic check. Mind-numbing lunacy. Where was mic check? Yeah, where was that? Mic check. We Uh, believe believe survivors. We believe survivors. Well, we believe some survivors. We believe some Some survivors. survivors. Mm -hmm. And if she survived this, Mm -hmm. that's not the point. Um, It's the fact that it wasn't Kavanaugh. All right? So get over it. Mm-hmm. It's not him. Mm-hmm. The issue is, let's find out who did this to her. Um, and I like this Millennial Falcon just pointed out on Twitter, Kavanaugh basically admitted in his Fox interview that he had no game in high school and college. Anyone with an <laughs> ounce of sense can look at him as incredible when you confess your college virginity on national TV. I don't know if that's a sign of no game. It might be a sign of his moral strength. Exactly. Either you know? way, he's saying that. Either so, way. So stop. Oh, my gosh. There's absolutely, they don't want a rule of law. That's the bottom line. Here's what he said about uh, about his high school escapades. We're talking about an allegation of sexual assault. I've never sexually assaulted anyone. I did not have sexual intercourse or anything close to sexual intercourse mm-hmm. in high school or for Nothing many years thereafter. And the girls uh, from the schools I went to and I uh, were so friends. So you're saying that all through all these years that are in question, you were a virgin? That's correct. It's correct. Never had sexual intercourse with anyone in high school. Correct. And through what years in college, since we're probing into your personal many life years, here? Many years after. I'll leave it at that. Many years after. Mm. Wow. Not, not in high school or many years after? We don't know if that includes all of his college years, but many years. No, I think he said, didn't he say high school, college, and many years after? Yeah, so I think he was talking about well into adulthood. So, I, I mean, this guy... <sighs> is not the kind of guy who would have done the things these two women are accusing him of. I just, I I absolutely wholeheartedly believe him. His wife believes him. Uh, Here's what she said. This process is incredibly difficult. Um, Harder than we imagined. And we imagined it might be hard. But um, at the end of the day, our faith is strong. And we know that we're on the right path. That's pretty cool. Um, so she has, she seems to have confidence. I believed her too. I, I believed them both. Um, they seem credible. They seem as though they're telling the truth. Um, that douchebag lawyer of Stormy Daniels, Avenatti, Mm-hmm. Michael Avenatti was telling uh, CNN's Chris Cuomo he doesn't believe what Kavanaugh said. Here's what he had to say. Does he want America to believe mm-hmm. that the only thing that he did until well into his college years was effectively uh, kiss or French kiss a woman? Is that what he wants America to believe? Well, because I, I don't believe, I don't it. believe it. Well, what if the well, senators do? Does that clear him? Well, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe it. And I think it shows that he's lying. He thinks it shows he's lying. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There are people who do that. There are people who wait until marriage. You might think that's impossible, but um, there are some people who have controlled themselves to the point where they haven't gotten into that. That was the lawyer for Stormy Daniels just speaking, right? Yes. Hmm. Michael Avenatti. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. And Stormy Daniels is what? A porn star. Okay. And, and now, I, I, don't, I think she performs at strip clubs, right? So she, she's very high class. So he has no problem believing the word of a stripper, but right. not a federal judge. Yes. and he That shows you who to, Michael Avenatti is. Yeah, and he wants to be president, too, by the way. Just remember that. Oh, it's going to be a fun campaign. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. What a world. And then, if you're a U.S. senator who, I don't know that Ted Cruz has even said how he's going to vote on Kavanaugh. I don't, I don't know if he's said that. But if you are even in, in the same political party as Kavanaugh, then you don't deserve to be out in public with your wife and be left alone. It's just what we're coming to. It's just really dangerous. The more and more we tolerate this kind of thing as a society, it's just going to escalate. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Uh And there's going to be some very serious things that happen to public officials. And uh, it's it's going to have consequences on this society. And it's going to be it's going to in part it's going to be Maxine Waters' fault. She's egging this on. (laughs) She is telling them to do this. Now, when you're when you're telling people to do this. And then something goes wrong. I'm sorry. You bear part of the blame. Even if you don't actually commit the crime, you have told people to go put themselves in a position where that can happen. And you're partly to blame. Uh, Lori D. in Washington. Hi. Welcome to The Blaze. Hey. Oh, my gosh. I'm I'm not sending food because it's National Comic Book Day and National Lobster Day. (laughs) Wait, it's Lobster Day and you're not sending lobster? What in the world? You call it seafood. I hate seafood. But you're not ordering it for you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you guys. Stop being quilt bags. Stop it. Stop being quilt bags. (laughs) But no, this this whole Ted Cruz thing has me so ticked off. Who are the restaurant owners? That allowed this to happen. Yeah, what, I, what's the name? Um, Christian kind of Fiona, Fiona something in D.C. I guarantee you, if Cecile Richards, the head of Planned Parenthood, was in that restaurant having dinner, and a bunch of pro-life advocates came in and said, "You're killing babies! You're killing babies!" Oh my gosh, they'd be arrested. Yes, they'd be pro- they'd be arraigned. They would be through the the justice system already this morning. This is assault. Mm-hmm. This is with intent. And you don't mess with my boy, Ted Cruz. If I have to fly down there to San Antonio on election day just to vote for him again because we're registered Texas voters, I will. I don't care. You do not do that. That is disgusting. It is wrong. And I, oh, I'm triggered. I'm so <laughs> triggered right now. Yeah, I I'm am so too. Triggered. This, uh, first, thanks. <sighs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Thanks for the call. Hold on, Lori, Lori, tell, tell Pat yeah, yeah, yeah. what you just tweeted out. Um, he's been too busy to check. Uh, why don't you tell him what image you just tweeted out for all of us to see down here in 90 degree Texas? Um, it's only going to be a high of 70 today. Maybe it might get up to 70 today. I love that I get to rub it in your faces, rubbing it in your faces. And we'll put up with it because you send us food all the time. That's right. And if Ted Cruz... I know. I love Mm -hmm. you guys. Have a good day. If Ted Cruz loses by one vote, we're blaming her for not coming down here to vote. Okay. Uh, She's right about the restaurant owner too. The restaurant owner or manager or whoever was there at the time. It shouldn't have been Ted Cruz that left. It should have been those... A-holes. Yeah. Those despicable morons who are screaming in their in his in the restaurant. It should have been they who were forced to leave. It the cops should have been called and they should have all been hauled out and maybe even arrested for disturbing the peace. Yep. 
for uh, trespassing. I mean, loitering. I don't know. You can get them on something. Inciting a riot. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Cruz, the the police have been called. And so if you just sit here for just a few minutes, we'll yeah, they take should care be of here. this for you. They should be here any any moment any, now. Any minute. Unless he was just, if he was done with his, his meal, I don't know. And yeah, they were at the table. They were leaving anyway. They were definitely already at the table. Oh, I know. So I don't know if it was at the start or the finish or somewhere in between, but it, the whole thing is despicable. 888 The Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. On the Blaze Radio Network. I'm told, uh, and I'm just verifying right now, uh, that today marks the anniversary, the, uh, is it the, let's see, 30, 40, 48th anniversary of the Partridge Family airing. Wow. It's first episode aired in, uh, on September 25th, 1970. Huh. And history was made. History was made. I guess. That's what we're going with? History mm-hmm. was made. And history made. was made. The Partridge family debuted in 1970. Wow, 48 years ago. Is that incredible? Wow. Huh. I was uh, like just a glimmer in my parents' eye at the time. They, just, they hadn't even thought of having me by then. Where are you now? Yeah. Uh-huh. A, so, a glimmer. Just a, Not even a glimmer. No, I mean, they hadn't even... I don't know if my parents had even met by then. So, huh. I mean, that was a long... Right, 1970. Yeah, long time ago. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> what a cheesy... If you've ever... Oh, if you've seen recently an episode so of The Partridge Family... Terrible. Wow. Wow. There's a, there's a sitcom that didn't, doesn't hold up well, doesn't stand the test of time all that well. And I'm sure there's a lot of them, but that one in particular... Doesn't quite work anymore. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at uh, Pat Unleashed on Twitter. I you know I'd like to hear how you, your thoughts on Brett Kavanaugh last night. If you saw any part of the interview on Fox News, did you find him and his wife credible? I as I did. Um, and I, I kept thinking back to the Clintons when they were on sixty Minutes. And how non-believable they were, and how insincere they were, and how smarmy, and and what a farce that was. And then I thought, you know, I didn't believe him that time, but I was kind of convinced I can't when Clinton did this. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Miss Lewinsky that was not appropriate. Okay, well, that one was easy to believe. <laughs> yeah, I can't. It was actually this. the initial lie. Yeah. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say okay. this again. I'm listening. Okay. Say I it did again. Not have I did not sexual have sexual relations, relations with that, with that woman, woman. Ms. Lewinsky. Ms. Lewinsky. 
I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Not a single time. Never. Never. These allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. Now, because... Gosh, I can't believe you believe Because he said it so intensely. So what? I just, I thought, he can't, can he be lying? Sure. What is his track record at that point? When he's... Because we're going to find out. It's going to come out. And then we've got that to look back on? I don't know. I, it just seemed like, wow, that's a dangerous move if you're he lying to our face been right then. president for five years. He knew yeah. the, the press was in his back pocket. And then, of course, there was the... Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky. That I want you to listen to me. Uh-huh. I'm going to say this again. Okay, say it again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Ms. Lewinsky. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. <laughs> I, I love when you play him back to back because it's, I mean, it's everything he is. Just incredible. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We also have protests going on at Yale, which was uh, Brett Kavanaugh's school. Brett Kavanaugh graduated from Yale. And so thousands of students barely walked out of class today because they're protesting Brett Kavanaugh. Good. Based on what? No, that's good. All the evidence that's just, against him? Because, man, there's a preponderance of evidence, isn't there? One less day of brainwashing going on in there. Yeah. I If I'm their parents, I'm pretty pissed that they're not in class when I'm paying the outrageous fees that Yale charges for these little darlings to just get up and walk out over something they know absolutely nothing about, by the way. You, you think they know anything about this? No. They don't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and then on the other hand, we we have uh, Barack Obama to deal with again because he's out <laughs> speaking and campaigning for uh, Democrats all over the place. Away. He and Hillary, um, and as the Democrats speak of fear mongering, and even Obama s- starts um, by by warning of fear mongering, then he goes ahead and. Fearmongers. Here they are both fearmongering in their speeches. They're trying to scare the heck out of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we take our basic rights for granted, for granted, then other voices fill the void. Right. Yep. And they promise to fight for the little guy. Little guy. Even as they are helping the wealthiest. Like you? And the most powerful. Are you kidding me? And they promise that they're going to take on corruption in Washington. And then they just plunder. What I worry about, Rachel, is that after this election, uh, this president's going to wholesale fire people. And if we don't have one or both houses of Congress in place, uh, he will be even more uncontrollable and unaccountable. And they start undermining our institutions institutions. of democracy. democracy. Just so it can entrench their power further. And they'll unwind our campaign finance laws so that billionaires have even more influence. And they'll make it even harder for young people to vote and minorities to vote and the poor to vote. He will fire people in the White House. He will fire people in his administration uh, who he thinks are crossing him, questioning him, undermining him. And they'll subsidize corporate polluters. Yeah. And they'll give uh, $1.5 trillion in tax cuts to folks like me who don't need them. And they'll pretend that they're paying for them, but they're not. And they know that eventually, to pay for it, they'll be able to argue that we should cut help for working families. The president is 
close to being uncontrollable. There are people mm -hmm. still in there who, by their own admission, are trying to hold on. Cut Medicare. Cut Medicare. Skin you know people what? alive. None of that is conservative. Don't let them fool you. Uh, it's not normal. It's not. It's radical what they're doing. What they're doing. They've got a vision that says Say, that all they want to do is protect their power, even if it hurts the country. That would leave country. people with disabilities and seniors in nursing homes mm -hmm. potentially out in the cold. Out in the the cold. good news is in a healthy democracy, that not, kind of fear-mongering doesn't work. <laughs> fear-mongers on and on and on. And then they're going to they're gonna skin your... Your grandparents alive. Oh. And then they're gonna they're gonna feed the grandparents to your dog. And then they're gonna they're gonna kill your dog and eat it. And then that's what they do. That's what they do. And then they're gonna feed rat poison to people who are poor. And then they're gonna pollute the water and the air that you breathe. You won't be able to breathe it no more. And then, then they're gonna set fire. To Detroit, Michigan. Really? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Wait, both? Burn down New Orleans. Well, I mean, there's... Every place where there's minorities, yeah. they're setting them on fire. There's no Republican votes there, so it's reasonable, right? Makes it harder for people to vote. There, there they are again with this suppression of vote thing because you have to have an ID. <laughs> Wait. And in most places, you actually don't. But in the places where you do, they're suppressing the vote of minorities because minorities couldn't possibly be expected to find an ID somewhere. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, I think, isn't that the same rally uh, where he was saying, yo, stop looking at your phone, young people? Is uh, that the maybe. same place? I think it is. I don't know. And they pointed out, um, he spends the entire speech uh, looking at a screen, <laughs> looking at a teleprompter screen. So uh -huh. uh, anyhow, there's absolutely no self-awareness. Uh, they don't care. Zero. Um, what's good for you, whatever, man. This guy... The whole he's the worst it's so awful to have him back in the public again and it's so obvious that he is missing the limelight he yeah, wishes yeah. every day was election yeah. season because that's how he treated his presidency it was one long campaign triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three dolly in texas you're on the blaze hi hi pat hey um i watched the martha mccollum interview last night with Kavanaugh and his wife, and mm -hmm. you could visibly see how emotional uh, this has been, or this is for him and for his wife. You could tell on his face and in his words. Uh, I, at one point, I felt like he was he would probably cry because it, it's just tearing apart mm -hmm. um, his integrity, his dignity. Um, his honesty, and he just wants to get out there and just, you know, tell the truth. And um, it's not unusual at all for a young man to wait until they're married to, you know, to have sex. Yeah. I mean, if, if people believe that women, you know, wait until they're married, there's nothing at all to suggest that a man wouldn't wait either. I, I know several of them. So um, I, I just, you know, I, I feel for the Kavanaugh's. Um, I think his wife is incredible. I've got a great deal of respect for her for it's not just a stand by your man business. She right. knows this man. She knows this man. She knows his integrity. And uh, this, oh, I, I can't believe this witch hunt. I just can't. 
I can't believe it. Um, and, and maybe but, worst of all is in the midst of all of these allegations that are coming out with not a shred of evidence and nobody to corroborate what it's doing to their daughters. Uh, that's got to be so hard for their children to be hearing this stuff about their dad over and over and over and over and over again. I mean, can you imagine? I I really feel for the kids. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dolly. Um, it's despicable what's happening to this family. Absolutely despicable. Uh, Chairman Grassley revealed today, apparently, that uh, Kavanaugh's two daughters have faced serious death threats. Jeez. And vicious assaults. Um, and it's apparently getting worse by the day. Because these people have no shame. They, they don't care at all. Wayne in California, you're on the blaze. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to call and I watched that whole thing last night on uh, on Fox, on the uh, mm-hmm. Kavanaugh. Yep. And like you're saying, I feel sorry for the kids and the mother having to explain to the kids what's really going on. And uh, that would be a very hard thing to do, I think. And I think he he was very restrained last night because I don't think when he goes to that here after the hearing and everything, I don't think he really cares if he gets to be the Supreme Court justice. I think he wants his name cleared. And uh, I think mm. that's more important to him than being the Supreme Court justice at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I feel. And I, I really, really feel bad for the man. Yeah, I do too. And, and you could tell by just, that, like you said, that guy was just on the verge, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really believe him. I believe him, you know, all the way. I, I just hope the best for him. I really do. Appreciate it. Thanks, Wayne. Uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of us uh, feel that feel that way. And... It's interesting that the uh, the other side of this equation, they don't care about any of it. They don't care about his family. They don't care about his wife. They certainly don't care about him. They just want they're out to destroy these people. They're just out to destroy him. And who wants to put themselves through this process ever again? If you're if you're a judge on a federal court and you're Republican or you're, you're conservative, you're a constitutional leaning person. Um. And you're watching all of this transpire. Is there any way you want any part of this? If the president were to nominate you, I wouldn't. I I certainly wouldn't. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Losing weight and keeping it off is tough. We all know that. But there's something that can help, and it's time you give it a shot. If you've been putting this off and thinking, yeah, I should try that. Today's the day. Go to RidUZone.com. RidUZone is a safe, natural, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement that helps you uh, stay focused. It keeps your mind off of food because it reduces appetite, and it boosts your metabolism. So it's a great product. If you've been struggling with losing weight or keeping it off, or and all you can do is think about food, give RidUZone a try. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E. RidUZone.com. Go there, enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. RidUZone.com. Promo code PAT for 30% off. RidUZone.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network.
Gray Unleashed. Triple eight. 933.93. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, where Dr. Rocky McRocky face <laughs> tweets, wait, if Obama says he's getting tax cuts from Trump and that he doesn't need them, then why is his wife charging $3,500 for her book signing event? Yep. That's a really good question. Um, tax cuts for billionaires like me don't need them. You know, the problem is um, people who are making a little bit less than you, but more than average, those people do need them. They do need those uh, tax cuts. They do need the breaks. Um, and it frees up money to help other people, which I know, I know you think is government responsibility rather than individuals. Uh, but it is agonizing to listen to these people again, to have to hear Barack Obama and his bullcrap speeches again. Yeah, it's painful. It is actually physically painful. Uh, 888-933-93. Also, moveon.org. I I just found this out yesterday. You know what moveon.org was named for? Mm -hmm. You do know that? I did, You do know this story? Yes. I didn't know it previous uh, to yesterday. <laughs> Found this out from uh, Jason Buttrell. Uh, but moveon.org sent out a uh, tweet to uh, Christine Blasey Ford. Uh, Dear Professor Ford, we want you to know that you are not alone. You are a survivor. Millions of us have your back. We call on senators to demand a full, fair, and trauma-informed investigation. <laughs> In the world, not fascinating. Trauma they're informed. standing by the uh, the supposed the alleged victim here. When back in the nineties, MoveOn.org was founded to oppose the impeachment proceedings against former President Bill Clinton. They were named MoveOn. Because it was time for the country to move on past these allegations. <laughs> I mean, how ironic is that? Is that the word anymore with Democrat hypocrisy? Ironic? ironic? No. How about it's... just pathetic? It is pathetic. I swear. It is, it is absolutely pathetic. And you know who co-founded MoveOn.org? Hillary Clinton. So this is the person who has said in the past... That the, all these women have a right to be believed. Hmm. That's interesting because <laughs> you didn't say that uh, to your husbands about your husband's accusers. In fact, you did the opposite. You went out and just des- tried to destroy each and every one of them. Just, uh, I mean, yeah, the hypocrisy is really hard to wrap your mind around. It's uh, it's amazing. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Whole Foods is taking some legal action against animal rights group Direct Action Everywhere, DAE. Following years of protests, the activist organization has launched against their stores. This is kind of amazing, too, because I remember a story years ago about Whole Foods where they were um, so worried about animal rights that they 
they didn't want lobsters to be traumatized. <laughs> Do you remember this story? They were uh, they they decided to stop selling uh, fresh lobster, you know, live lobster, because the transportation was too traumatic for them. <laughs> so getting them, you know, from being plucked out of the ocean to the stores, I guess they felt was too traumatizing for the lobster. And so they only they they would only sell the frozen kind for a while, and I don't I don't know if they still have this practice, but it was a, it was a big story about ten or fifteen years ago with Whole Foods, and so they were really concerned about animal rights, and now to see that they're the victim of these animal rights activists is amazing. But for several several years, this direct action everywhere group has staged events like chicken funerals. Sit-ins with cow crates, and they've interrupted store ribbon cuttings on their salt on uh, on Whole Foods. Wait, how do you dress for a chicken funeral? I I don't know. We'll have to call uh, direct wear- action and find out. Um, huh. but finally, Whole Foods has decided they've had enough. Last week, Whole Foods Berkeley store in California was granted a restraining order against them ahead of its planned protest. Of the location planned this week. Whole Foods issued a statement saying. uh, Direct action members. Have repeatedly entered our stores. And our property. To conduct demonstrations. That disrupt customers. And team members. By blocking access to our aisles. Departments and cash registers. Interfering with our business. And putting the safety of both customers. And team members at risk. If they lay down in the aisles. Run over them with the shopping cart. That's yeah. what I say. Sorry, you chose that place. Uh, we can't get around you, so I'm just going to go over the top of you. Ooh, did I step on your face? Oh, well. Maybe your face shouldn't have been on the ground. Right, it's a bad place to put your face. Yeah. Um, it does appear that uh, <laughs> you wear traditional black um, when you go to a chicken funeral inside of a Whole Foods. Oh, okay. And, um, That's good Good to know. Uh, yeah, and another thing to know is that... Um, uh, it's not food, it's violence. Okay. Oh, that's right. I did see one of those signs. It's not food, it's not violence. Not food, it's violence. Okay. And, okay. Um, and true animal lovers uh-huh. are vegan? True animal lovers are vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm mostly vegan. I mean, uh, certainly vegetarian, for the most part. For the most part. Um, I mean, yes, I do eat the occasional chicken. Chicken. And some fish, you know. But other than that, you know, maybe a little, maybe a little bit of beef. Well, maybe quite a bit of beef, but also some pork. Have you looked up? You, you know, know, maybe it's been a while, but you might want buffalo. Hmm. I've had alligator in the past. Might want to update your definition of vegetarian. Yeah. Well, other than but other than that, um, mostly I don't. There's a lot mostly. of animals on this planet that I sure I choose not to eat. Semi-vegetarian. A lot maybe? of them. Yeah, partial. I, yeah, partialish. Vegetarian. Uh, by the way, for instance, I've never oh. eaten bear or lion ever. Mm-hmm. And how many of those are there on this planet? A lot. There's a lot of them. Yeah. I've never had uh, caribou, for instance. Never eaten a caribou in my life. Have you had dog? Never had. Never had it. How many dogs are there? I've never had dog. I mean, Barack or Obama. Cat. Barack Obama's had a dog. Right. Had a dog yes, he did. Um, by the way, did you know that animals are my friend? Mm-hmm. And I don't eat my friends. <laughs> is that another one of the signs? Let He's, me see those. It's a lady's shirt. Uh, <laughs> animals are my friends. 
and I don't eat my friends. <laughs> I, I love that. I need a t-shirt like that. <laughs> you, I, I need that t-shirt. <laughs> such losers. Man. I will wear that proudly. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello and uh, welcome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And it's Pat unleashed on Twitter. See the Monday Night Football game last night? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> um, for the third straight game, mm-hmm. even though he struggled yeah, uh, he at times, first half. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, threw for over four hundred yards, <laughs> first time in history anyone has thrown. For 400 plus yards in three straight games. That is amazing. And it's amazing that it's him. It, it is. <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, now if he just trimmed that skanky beard. Why do you have to look like a hobo? You're an NFL quarterback. Why Why do you have to grow the hobo beard? I, I don't even understand that. <laughs> the hobo beard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like hobo beard. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. I'm not a big fan of the mm. hobo beard, but I've never really thought about it. And quite honestly, I don't care either way. I just want to have an excuse to say hobo beard multiple <laughs> times, to be honest with you. Um, did, you is, have to admit, the hobo beard does not look good on a quarterback. Well, no, but it does create a buffer. If you're going to rub beards, if you're going to rub hobo beards with That's your teammate. That's so gross. I, why would you do that? There's probably bugs in there and everything. Ick. Oh, yeah, there's probably no. Stop fun. it. You don't know where that thing has been. Right. Um <laughs> it's gross. I I will say that uh, nice to see that the uh, the the field there in Tampa is looking like my 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 front yard um, with army worms um, crawling all over devouring the grass. Do you have any army worms in your yard? A big problem right now. Army worms? Yeah, they just eat your grass and thin it out, and it looks like crap. And I'm angry, and so I was like last I night. I have some Coast Guard worms in there, but I, I don't know about army worms. Oh, Ron's got Air Force worms, and mm. Christian's got mm-hmm. merchant marine worms. That's weird. Yeah. Um, but no, so I just I, I, I thought, hey, look at that. An NFL field looks like my yard. Awesome. Pretty pretty crappy. But um, is it but a good I time? liked what they did with the – did you notice? They colored the 10 yards around the ball. You notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the graphic thing? Yeah, they yeah. make it look like super green grass. They should do that to the whole field and make it look nice on TV. I didn't, until, uh-huh. like last night, I didn't realize they could do that. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I like It looks technology. like you actually have a green field. <laughs> it had pale green or brown all around it. Uh, but in the 10 yards that they had to get the first down, it was super green. 
And they just electronic or digitally did that. It's really cool. It's I mean, cool. computer yeah. graphics and stuff they do. Uh, it's amazing what they now. can do. Uh, and it's cool to see from <clears throat> from one network to another one what, what all they're innovating. You know, during the off season, yeah. and then they unveil it. Yep. Um, is it a good time? I mean, since we're talking football, can can we mm-hmm. see that we we now know um, all the different uh, understandings of of how you can rough a, a quarterback? It's a little thirty second video, a little tutorial. Um, oh yeah, do you want to see <clears> that? <throat> I do. What's this? All right, so, oh, all right. so, so there you go. That, yeah, you gotta, you gotta lay him down on the mattress now. Oh, okay, okay, we got that. Yep. But it's still a penalty. Sit him in a chair. Sit him. <laughs> still a penalty. All right. So <laughs> then, like, pull the flag. Now we're doing flag football. No, that's a nope, penalty. No, that was you, a penalty. You pulled heads it off to heads. heads or tails. Here we go. Hands, shake hands. Shaking hands. That's okay. See, <laughs> Clay Matthews, get out of here. <laughs> that's actually pretty funny. This sport is it's pretty good. About done. I love it that everybody is on that bandwagon yeah. now, too. Everybody's, it, it's not just us that have noticed it. It is everybody who is a football fan. Uh, everybody who watches the NFL, even casually, has realized, uh, okay, this is, it, you've, now you've really gone too far. Now this is way, way too much. When it becomes just um, idle conversation, um, with, like you said, casual fans or someone mm-hmm. starts referencing a, a big flaw in the game like that. Uh, like, Remember, it used to be, oh, they don't let them celebrate anymore. Well, you're right. They didn't, and they brought that back, and, and let them. Look at the ridiculous extremes it's taken, though, now. I love it. I Do you really? Because if you watch... I think it's so ridiculous. If you watch football with your kids... Mm-hmm. And you hear them laugh and enjoy it. And I think last year, oh, who was it last year that had all the great, um, the great celebrations? I think it was the Vikings, actually. Um, you know, they look forward to it. Did the Vikings score any touchdowns today or whoever it was? Because they look forward to it. So I think if you have kids, it might be a little bit different. But Maybe. I'm with you. I'm the Barry Sanders type. It's just hand them the ball. Act Give like them the been ball. There, yeah. Act, yes. But yes. it's still kind of like fun. And it's it's gotten to a ridiculous point now because with every tackle they've got to do some kind of weird thing. Well, yeah, like throw a flag on the penalty on the play. Is that what you're talking well, about? Yes. <laughs> but the celebrations over just a routine tackle are like yeah. you know they stand up and do the oh yeah the and folded the arms and or the horns crap, or the yeah. I mean, relax. So it's a tackle. Come on, mm-hmm. come on. I will say I've already. Um, generated this Pavlov's dog response in my head to whenever you sack a quarterback that just a few minutes after Clay Matthews got penalized in that Washington game on Sunday for tackling the quarterback, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Ryan was tackled. He was sacked um, in, in the Falcons game. And I, I was looking around like, maybe the drive will be extended. Maybe we'll get one of those cheap penalties that Clay Matthews keeps getting every week. But no. no we didn't get one in our game. We had to settle for a field goal and loss. But anyway, um, that sport, that, that league, it's amazing we're talking about the giant that is the National Football League, the behemoth that can do no wrong in marketing, mm-hmm. can, has, has billions of dollars to spend, huge television contracts. We're talking about now a league in just a matter of two years that feels like it's on the brink through the kneeling protests and the fan base they lost that way. Now they're ruining the game itself. Yeah, They've got some issues. They best be careful and tread very carefully here um, as it moves forward. And I... I think by the end of the season, uh, they're going to have to re-examine this this protection of the quarterback thing. I don't think they can wait that long. We, uh, yeah, maybe Who's not. Who's coming back next year if they maybe spend not. an entire season with this kind of crap? News won't get out that, oh, now it's okay to sack the quarterback. Yeah. They better do it now. I, I don't know if they'll do that midseason, though. I, I don't know if they'll do that. 
but it needs to be done. When you have even um, when you have NFL commentators saying that it's absolutely insane what's going on to the point where I'm not even going to comment about it. It's that ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And that commentary, that commentator is a former NFL quarterback. Uh, you know you've gone too far. And you were saying on the NFL's own network that is used yes. to promote that league, right. they were talking like that. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Problems. Uh, the NFL network gives you a little clue as to who owns it by the first three letters, NFL. It's oh, their network. I yeah. Put two and yeah. two together. That's and then when you have Hall of Fame quarterback uh, Troy Aikman so disgusted with it, he won't even comment on it. I, I think you've got a problem that maybe you want to address. And you're right. You, you should maybe address it like, I don't know, this weekend, now, this week, before the weekend games. Mm-hmm. But they they won't. I mean, if they you won't. do it now, before the bye weeks kick in, then everybody gets to play under the new set of rules and equal a number of games. So. Let's do it now. Save face. And you don't even have to announce it. Right. You just pull the referees aside on a conference call tonight and just say, hey, look, guys, here's stop the thing. It. Can we just, okay, just stop it? Only if whatever. The, the one that needs to be done away with, the one, I think the one rule for sure that must go away is that putting your body weight on them thing. Just let them tackle the quarterback where they don't have to do gymnastics by the time they hit the ground in order to uh, not get a penalty. It's just it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm okay with you not hitting them high. Okay, and now you're not going to hit them low because you don't want to ruin their knees. I get it. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense because where are you going to... Well, okay, now I can hit them in the midsection, but I can't come down on them? Come on! <laughs> so if you just at least eliminated the body weight thing, I, I think you'd, you'd be further along in well, the process. If I were in your shoes and that was my team that is losing games because of this yeah, two in a stupid row. rule enforcement, I would be I'm I'm upset right now. I would be livid. So Yeah. But the Falcons don't need help losing. They they take care of that on their own. <laughs> and they've got so much talent on that team. Hmm. Uh they should be winning yeah. a lot. Yeah, they've they've uh in three games, they've lost three of 11 defensive starters. I'm not making excuses. The Packers have had oh, great seasons like when they have mm. injuries, so yeah. I know it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I will say fun little thing here. Um, uh, they have these things called prop bets uh, where you bet money on uh, individuals doing specific things in a game. Mm. And Calvin Ridley, the, this is inside football talk here. He's a rookie wide receiver for the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And uh, last week, I put a little money on him to score three touchdowns in a game. I said, I feel like he's just going to he's gonna have a great game for some reason. It, he didn't score three touchdowns in week two, uh, but he did in week three, and I did not place that <laughs> bet because that's what happens to me, Pat. You are maybe the worst gambler oh, oh, no, in not the maybe. history of gambling. I put money on BYU to beat Wisconsin. But I, which would have worked out for you, would have worked except, out very nicely. However, I parlayed that with uh, Nebraska beating Troy, which did not happen. <sighs> In fact, they got spanked by Troy. I got it. <laughs> they, lost, they lost by five. Who got, who got spanked by uh, Boise talk. State? I don't want to talk about. It. So. Remember that one night that the Packers were losing 20 to nothing and I put money on them to come back and beat the Bears? And they, and did. they did. But then you parlayed that with the Astros, was it? Yeah, the Astros were tied 5-5 five to five with the Red Sox <laughs> at the time. I said, oh, come on, Astros, you do this. And then they lost 6-5. to five, But so. still you bet. Does Kerry get pissed? This is... I mean, it's you're just is, investing a little teeny amounts of money. daddy's money. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, she gets... No. She, she doesn't care? No, absolutely not. Well, at least she doesn't voice that opinion. If she does, yeah, that's nice. But it is, it is, uh, it's Keith's play money. And as long as you're not losing the house, 
you know. Well, I mean, look, there might be important. a banker or two that <laughs> live upstairs <laughs> because of an agreement we have. No, mm-hmm. it's nothing crazy. It's not like Stu crazy. Yeah, Stu, he'll invest some invest. hefty amounts of yeah. money uh, oh. in his little gambling exploits from time to time. <laughs> but, I mean. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> He's got an arrangement with his wife. Does she does, yeah. He does oh. the purse thing. She does the purse thing. He does what he does during during football. Oh, I thought he was the purse guy because that's why he got a Liberty Safe for his purses, right? You no. Know? <laughs> oh, it's leases. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's leases. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and I think they do keep the purses in there. I know. I think they actually do. This <laughs> their purses are more valuable than my car. Uh huh. So yeah, they they keep the purses in there. And those purses are more valuable than my uh, gambling receipts as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, well, by far. Yes. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. More coming up here in a sec. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. Uh, wow, we get some breaking news here. We were just talking a little bit of football. This is amazing. Um, after going down with a serious-looking knee injury on Sunday against the Chiefs, an MRI has revealed the full extent of the torn ACL that has ended the season for um, 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, to take out the anger of a loss of a star quarterback in a market that, well, needs their team to be in good order for more than a few thousand fans to show up to the games. The NFL and the competition committee have laid the hammer down on Clay Matthews. <laughs> the Packers linebacker was hit with a two-game suspension by the league uh, yesterday after news broke of Garoppolo's fate. Wait, we wait, ca- <laughs> what? <laughs> We can't have guys like this being mean to our precious quarterbacks each and every Sunday, according to NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Not only has Matthews failed to gently lay each quarterback down to the ground, he doesn't even apologize. This type of behavior won't and can't be tolerated. To send a message, Matthews has been suspended in connection with Jimmy Garoppolo's tearing his ACL on the other side of the country on Sunday. We honestly aren't fully sure why, but we're just being safe. The evidence of this particular player hurting the feelings of a quarterback of quarterbacks around the NFL is beyond mounting. Matthews has been hit with a personal foul penalty in each of the three weeks of the NFL season. And this was uh, obviously a little satire piece. Uh, but it feels real. <laughs> but it does. Every passing day. It's about this stupid. About that stupid, yeah. Ugh. Triple eight, nine hundred... Thirty-three ninety-three. Uh, let's go to Gene in Washington. Hey, Gene, you're on the blaze. Gene, yes, sir. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just got three comments mm-hmm. because of all the, the kneeling and all that nincompoopery. I, I pretty much don't watch the NFL anymore. Um, and the, the Ted Cruz thing and stuff with his wife just going to have a peaceful meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vladimir Lenin called them useful idiots. Yeah, and. Um, I love animals. They're delicious. 
Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Gene. Yeah, I, that's a lot. Of, that's really insensitive, though. Really? Um, you think yeah. that's insensitive? It's insensitive. insensitive. Okay. Um, because that implies that you're eating them. And of course, oh, yeah. animals Shoot, are my friends, and I, I don't eat my friends. <laughs> well, animals are my friends, and I do eat my friends, so... Animals, like cows, mm. are not my friends. My friends really? are like dogs, and I don't eat them. That's a good point. But a cow? I don't have any friendship with cows. Um, I, uh, You know, they just kind of wander around and eat cud and stuff, and I... I just don't have any particular fondness for them, so I don't mind eating them. How did the Hindus ever uh, latch on to that uh, sacredness of cows? Uh, I think they, they heard the expression, holy cow, and so they took that to heart. And uh... In Hinduism, <laughs> cows are thought to be sacred or deeply respected. They are held mm-hmm. in high esteem, and Hindus, especially in Nepal, worship cows during Tahar. Oh, you know Tahar. Oh, of course. So you have your Tahar... Mm-hmm. Uh, calendar up yet and your decorations for Tahar? No, I'm uh, a little late this year. Oh, the reason has to do with cows' agricultural uses and gentle nature. Cows are honored oh. in society and all Hindus do not eat. Okay. Wait. Wait a minute. Because they're agricultural uses and gentle nature? I. Hmm. That's an interesting uh, yeah. choice there. It is. Sacred cow. That's where the phrase comes from. Okay. Nice. So they do let them wander around wherever they want, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you just have to let them do their yeah, thing. You have to let them do their thing. Uh, hmm. I think in India, unless that's an old thing and they've changed that since. I don't. I, I mean, don't know. Dogs are gentle, right? But they but, don't have any agricultural but, uses, right. so they're disqualified <laughs> right. from this equation. I'm sorry. You just answered your own question there, didn't you? Sure so, did. That was good. Way to <laughs> way to noodle that out. <laughs> Thank you. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, there's a little battle going on, and I think we mentioned this in the uh, in the press, in the media, over uh, the story that came out about the second accuser of uh, Brett Kavanaugh. And Ronan Farrow has been the one who's been breaking a lot of these sexual misconduct stories. And he's a little pissed off because the New York Times said they wouldn't do the story because there was no eyewitness corroboration. And there's only one source. And that's the supposed victims, the alleged victims. Uh, so Farrell was interviewed by George Stephanopoulos, and he goes ahead and admits there were no eyewitnesses. Here's what he said. There is a coalition of former Yale students working with Brett Kavanaugh's office. A number of them uh, who signed on to a statement in this article pushing back against Ms. Ramirez's claim uh, are individuals she alleged to be participants in this attack on her. Wow. um, Which Brett Kavanaugh's office seemed surprised by. Um, And we then redacted the names of those individuals at their request because they were alleged to be involved. Uh, The point I want to make here is this. It is not accurate to say that those who knew him at the time dispute this. We talked to a roommate from the, the time uh, that was living with him when this alleged incident took place who said he was indeed frequently drunk, uh, that he took part in activity that made him unsurprised by this claim, and that he found this woman credible. He's one of several people in this what? story who back Ms. Ramirez. But it, and we wouldn't have run this if we didn't have a careful basis of people who had heard at the time and found her credible. But by your own admission, no eyewitnesses of the incident. Absolutely. And we disclosed that up front. And we also disclosed that she was inebriated at the time. And I think the fact that she took several days to consider and really carefully make sure that she had an evidentiary basis for this and other people were backing her account who had heard at the time and been told 
um, speaks well of her level of caution. Yeah, but this let, is let me, not let, the behavior of someone who is fabricating. Let me, wow. I, that is amazing. He has no evidence against None. this guy at all. Wait, she took a couple of days to really think about the allegation. Dude, she had 37 years to think about this allegation. Supposedly. 37 years. She didn't have just a couple of days. She's been thinking about this, supposedly, her whole life. And then he admits, yeah, we don't have any eyewitnesses. But you still ran with this story? Are you kidding me? And then you go on the basis of some guy who knew that that Brett Kavanaugh had been drunk in his past, and that's your evidence? <laughs> Just, I can't. It's not out of character that he would be frequently I, drunk. Wow, then I guess let's. And he was him, not surprised by this. Yeah, let's put him behind bars right now just for being frequently drunk. What the hell? How many kids in college are frequently drunk but haven't sexually molested somebody? I'm going to hazard a guess that it's, it's a quite, it's a high number. <laughs> wow, that's really bad. So Stephanopoulos pressed Farrell on the fact that uh, Ramirez didn't originally remember Kavanaugh's involvement. Let me press you on that, though, because that sentence really did jump out at me when I read the article. She says that after six, at first she wasn't sure this was Kavanaugh when you first came to her last week. And then you write, after six days of carefully assessing her memories and consulting with her attorney, she did become confident that it was him. What the hell? That, That is incredible. Okay, so, again... I think in this particular instance, it was since 83. So that's 35 years. She'd been thinking about it for 35 years. And then, so she's still not clear up until that time. Then she took a few days and, okay, now it's all back to her. <laughs> what? Uh, I, th- this is pathetic. So Farrow says Ramirez only came forward after se- Senate Democrats starting, started investigating the claim. Why did she come forward? She came forward because Senate Democrats began looking at this claim. Okay, so that doesn't give you a clue that maybe this isn't true. None of this stuff rang an alarm bell in your head? Ronin? This is really bad stuff. This is... You're smearing a guy who is, uh, who's been nominated for the U.S. Supreme Court for no, no good reason. He also said that uh, he takes reporting very seriously, and he's, he's going to defend this story. You pointed story. out the witnesses, the, 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 the students at the time who back up her story, who back up their claims about Kavanaugh's mm-hmm. behavior at the time. Several others in the article uh, say that they never heard anything like this at all, even someone who professed to be her best friend at the time. At any moment as you were writing the story this close to the nomination, did you sort of want to push the pause button and say, are we sure this is the right thing to do? George, I just want to stress very clearly, we take reporting of this type extremely seriously. The evidentiary basis for this, the number of witnesses who were told at the time, is strong. Uh, It's in excess of what we typically see in this kind of uh, investigative reporting. The deal with sexual assault claims is very often that there aren't multiple people willing to say they witnessed it in the room. Mm. And the individuals who were most primary to this are people she alleged were egging Brett Kavanaugh on. And those are the ones who signed that statement that you talked about. This guy's pathetic. 
He should be embarrassed. He should be ashamed. I, you know, he is dragging this guy through the mud for no good reason. They don't have strong evidentiary evidence. They've got no evidence. Zero. They've got the foggy, faulty recollections of two women from 35 plus years ago. That's what you have. And one of them is a partisan hack. At least one of them. The other one might be as well. They're Democrat. Uh, they're Democrats who hate Trump. And so you can't figure out a motive in this. Hmm. Maybe it's a political motive. Um, maybe it's a jealousy issue. Maybe it's maybe they want attention. Who knows? I don't know. But I I do know that this is uh, pretty sloppy, pretty terrible journalism. It's not even journalism. This is just, uh, it's flat out smearing of a man and his family. It's irresponsible and it's ugly. What it is, is a decision has been made to derail this nomination and prevent Brett Kavanaugh from serving on the Supreme Court and they do not care. They don't care. No, they don't care what at all. What it takes, they're going to continue driving down this road. They don't care if it's truth. They don't care about a guy's reputation or name or if he's nope. uh, sincerely innocent of the charges. Just defeat Trump. That's all they want. Uh, we'll be chewing the fat with Jeffy coming up next. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, time to chew the fat with Jeffy. For seriously, what? what's the problem? Dude? I am not freaking kidding. Your mascot is greeting you into the room. On with your segment, sir. That could not happen anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to get it out of you everyone's reach. And you alone mm-hmm. have big rights. Have big <laughs> Keith Malinak. Let me just hand not. it to you here. Just if you want to mess with it, it there in the segment. Unacceptable for him to have that. Oh, look, he holds it up okay. to the microphone. You like that? He has big rights. Careful what you, you wish do for. not. <laughs> All right, what do you got? 42 days until election day. Ooh. 58. Wait, it's only 42 days? We just said yeah. six weeks, man. Wow. Exactly, six weeks. 58 days until Thanksgiving. Wow. Mm. 98 days till New Year's, the end of the year. Wait, you skipped Christmas? Oh, you skipped yeah, Christmas? I, skipped, I don't care about Christmas. 91 days to Christmas <laughs> then. Christmas. Okay, all right. My wow. wife's already got Christmas stuff up. I'm already there. <laughs> I'm already there. Uh, Comcast, uh, congratulations. Uh, outbid uh, Fox to win the Sky Network, the European Sky Broadcaster, they outbid uh, Comcast, outbid Fox by a healthy three point six billion dollars as they take over the uh, settlement auction. So Comcast is going to take over Sky, and uh, good luck. You know, let's have a fun. They're going to be everything's just going to be Comcast. It's going to be a wonderful world. Jeez, I know. Uh, 
they wanted to, they, for starters, it sells, uh, they, and why they wanted it. I mean, Sky has, uh, sells TV, phone, internet services, 23 million European households. I mean, do-it-yourself news, entertainment, sports programming. Uh, they have the Premier League contracts. Mm-hmm. It's a good deal. It's worth mm-hmm. a lot of money. And what they're talking about, uh, what may happen, is that they've got to earn now uh, 50% of the shareholders have got to seal the deal. But uh, they're going to look at starting to buy uh, Sky shares on the market right now to have more than 50% by October 11th. And they claim that what they're going to do probably is Comcast is going to trade. They have 30% stake. I didn't know this. They have a 30% stake in Hulu. Okay. And they're probably going to sell that trade Disney, the 30% of Hulu, in return for the 39% stake in Sky that Disney Fox already holds. So that they so Comcast gets the wow. gets the sky. That's an now, unusual Disney, arrangement. Disney might say, mm, you know what? No. Hmm. You gotta keep that hula. We're gonna keep the sky. Hmm. But, you know, who knows? They might just wa- wash their hands of everything and then they both can have we're over here, you're over here. Good yeah. luck, God bless. Yeah. Um so you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, we'll find out a little bit later uh, this afternoon uh, what happens to uh, my man Bill Cosby. But uh, he's already been uh, uh, the judge said, "Yep, you're going to be a sexually, a sexually violent predator." We're already marking that down for sure. Um, he has to register now. He's they still haven't gotten the sentencing yet. He broke for lunch and said, oh, "I'm going to gnaw on it for a little bit and get back to you this afternoon on what we're going to do for the sentencing." But uh, he was already required to comply with sex offender registration for life. But the designation as an SVP has additional requirements, mandatory check-ins, reporting, and counseling for the rest of his life. So, mm. I mean, that's – so that's – the sentencing probably might not go well. Yeah, it doesn't uh, sound like it. No, it doesn't. And I think the prosecutor – isn't he looking for five to seven years? Yeah, they want they want quite a bit. Yeah. Where did the? Th- but I also heard three years uh, was likely. Well, I think they. Where I did think, that come I from? I think they were saying that uh, now that they put it all in one deal mm-hmm. uh, instead of separately, that the makes the most like ten years, and then they were saying that with the time served, and you know, if they count the uh, the house. Uh, in-house served and what they can get the minimum you know they're hoping for you know two or three years okay but if the judge the judge doesn't give him any break on the sexually violent predator stuff mm-hmm. oof, yeah he's probably gonna go he's have, gonna be in jail for a while yeah he's gonna go have lunch and come back and say all right you're going down mm-hmm. yeah um and think of this now what's one year ago that anthony weiner was sentenced to 21 months oh how's he behind doing jail for illicit online contact with that 15-year-old girl. One year, though. Wow. Mm. Pretty fascinating. That yeah. It's been a year since Anthony. Yeah, I know. I haven't talked to him. Yeah. So uh, he's got less than a year left? Well, I wanted to, yeah. He's got nine months yeah. left-ish. And he'll be, we'll see his stupid mug on every mm. television screen around America. Uh-huh. wonder <laughs> who has pig rights for him behind bars. You can have rights to that. Okay. That's all yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's also been uh, a year since... Uh, uh, North Korea's top diplomat said his country had a right to shoot down U.S. warplanes after President Trump uh, tweeted that uh, Kim Jong-un uh, won't be around much longer. That was a year ago. Mm. That's fa- now, Trump was at uh, the U.N. Uh, today, and he spoke at the U.N., which was uh, kind of a little fascinating. I mean, one of the things that he said was that uh, 
We will never surrender America's sovereignty to an unelected, unaccountable global bureaucracy. That went over good. Uh, bad. That went over good. He also, <laughs> one of the things, now this, this didn't go over well at all. And I was really surprised. I mean, he was, uh, he was not happy. Uh, the audience uh, laughed at him when he bragged about his accomplishments as president. Really? Uh, yeah, take a look. Madam President, Mr. Secretary General, world leaders, ambassadors, and distinguished delegates, one year ago I stood before you for the first time in this grand hall. I addressed the threats facing our world, and I presented a vision to achieve a brighter future for all of humanity. Today, I stand before the United Nations General Assembly to share the extraordinary progress we've made. In less than two years, my administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. America's so true. So look at him, though. He's like... Didn't expect that reaction, but that's okay. That's okay. So I mean, that's going to be the next. uh, That's going to be like the next, uh, the next uh, barometer, right, around the world uh, when you're dealing with Trump. Did you laugh? Did you laugh at? Did you laugh at me? Uh. Did you laugh at me? Because if you did, Mm hmm. And they were mad at him too. They gave him. Uh, I mean, some of the, I got to watch the whole thing. Sadly, because uh, he talked about the tariffs, and they were not happy. You know, they're they're a lot of those countries are uh, impacted. Yeah. By uh, the United States and those tariffs. Yeah. And uh, he badmouthed uh, Germany and said whole great things about Poland and. So he, <laughs> during the speech, yeah, did he? So there's going to be some good stuff in there that. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, look, he should have just walked. Should have just said, look. We're not going to be. We're not accountable to you. You unelected UN. And come to think of it, uh, what I've done is I've called. Uh, there's about uh, 150 U-Haul trucks out front. There you right. Go. And, get out. Uh, we're closed. We're shutting. You this have place. 24 we're, hours. We're shutting this place down. And, and get out. Whatever to, doesn't look, you fit. You can still be together. Yep. You can still be together mm-hmm. all you want. Just not here. Whatever doesn't and fit, we're going nice to auction. Day. We're going to auction whatever doesn't fit in the 150 yeah. trucks. We'll, we'll fund the 150 trucks. We'll drive them to whatever port you want them <laughs> sent to. And Have by nice the way, um, I, I, I thought that was funny as um, all of the uh, translators were translating. You could just hear the laughter building. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. everybody caught up to the joke? Yeah. Anyhow. Uh, yeah, I, I would be happy with the, just the U-Haul trucks out front. Have yeah. a nice day. Get out. Yeah. Thank you. Of the country. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> no, you can come back and visit. You no. get the visa? Hell no. Oh, no problem. Get out and stay out. <laughs> but you, when you come back, you're going to be uh, you're going to be asked to follow our laws, mm-hmm. uh, unlike you are now. And you're going to be asked to pay for your own crap. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh gosh, nice. I, I hope that by the end of his first term, he has um, successfully moved along that road. Because I mean, that's something Reagan talked about doing. I doubt it, though. Uh, but but think of the things that Trump already, has done. He, he already he would have snuck that in, and maybe he did. Maybe that hasn't been mentioned. But I didn't. Uh, see after it today, you don't think that's going to be on his agenda over the next uh, 365 days it before might the next be, meeting? But he might have snuck it in, like you know, I've, really, I've I've been like he could say, uh, you know, people have been saying that I should close this place down. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to save it. Mm-hmm. 
and then mm. uh, you know next Get week out. tweet. Eh, people have been telling me to shut it down. Maybe I will. Yep. Exclamation yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be great. Hashtag get out. That'd be a huge accomplishment that nobody else would have has ever pulled off. Uh, And, you know, so many of us want that to be pulled off. So and he obviously has disdain for the U.N., just like we do. Shut it down. It'd be great. Just do it. It'd be great. It would be. You know, take your stupid organization and go do it in Brussels. You know, it would look good there at the U.N. building. A Trump hotel sign. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. In fact, you know what? That's the place where my. In fact, I I, I wouldn't want to have people stay in this dumpy building in New York. I, the, mm-hmm. the people who work for me can stay here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know if you talked about it yesterday or not, but it was really cool to see Tiger win on Sunday. Tiger Woods yeah, pulled was. off a victory, and uh, if you want to see, I mean, it was so. It was such a uh, such a shot of watching all the people. Following him around, and then when he came up on the 18th, I mean, it was just a massive crowd of people uh, cheering him on. And they were saying that, uh, gee, I wonder, I wonder how much uh, golf likes Tiger Woods. Well, the overnight ratings are in. And uh, the Tour Championship round scored a 5-2-1, the highest rating for a non-major broadcast in all the year. Uh, and it represents uh, streaming was also also up 521%. Uh, 18.4 million minutes streamed across NBA, NBC Sports platforms. Mm. But between 5.30 and 6 p.m. when he was finishing up that final round, coverage peaked. They had a 7.19. I mean, they were over a 7 share. Uh, wow. I mean, the crowd, the crowd wow. shot up over a 7 share. So, um, you know, NBC was really happy. And uh, the PGA loves Tiger. And oh, yeah. I mean, the yeah. people, the I, I don't people even like obviously golf. I don't love. watch golf, but I was interested <laughs> yeah. because Tiger was in contention. And just a heads up to the National Football League, that was in the middle of your day. That, yeah, that, that, right. Those viewers right. were tuning into that. Yeah, instead of the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Like the, the Sunday ticket, they were giving Tiger Woods updates. Yeah. So oh, they knew yeah. their audience was split. So Yes. They're aware. Their Saturday numbers uh, were pretty good too for uh, you know Tiger making the run for it on Saturday too. And that uh, your letter that was uh, you had me for a second. I was your letter about Clay Matthews uh, being oh, yeah. suspended because I was standing there going that can't be. Real. <laughs> <laughs> but is anything not plausible that, that in this world real. right now? That's the thing. You you can't really do satire anymore because the world <laughs> is actually more crazy than anything. Yes, I mean I, I, you I, make I was saying to myself that can't be. Real. Yeah, and at the same time, I'm going, oh my god, it is, because <laughs> it is possible. Yeah, it is. It is possible. It is. Fortunately, it wasn't real, but could yeah. have been. Yeah, it sure it could have, have been. been. Would you have people all over America making fun of not being able to hit the quarterbacks? Yeah. Not just sports guys. Not just radio guys. Not just inside people sitting at a bar talking about this stupid rule and that stupid rule. And I couldn't believe they called that or what a bad call that was. You have genuine everyday Americans making videos of how stupid your rule is. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. And I hope uh, Roger actually sees it. But I know he's busy. <laughs> he's got a lot of banking to do with that forty million dollar paycheck. I don't know why that bothers me so much. It just mm-hmm. does. <laughs> uh, I love this story about the Indonesian teenager that survived for 49 days uh, adrift at sea. It was it was so, I don't know why I loved it, but he, it was cool to have him survive that long. 
Um, he was a 19-year-old Indonesian boy. He worked as a lamp keeper. For those of you wondering what a lamp keeper is, it's a, it's a, a, it happens on a floating fish trap mm. known as a rampong. And it's located about 125 kilometers out at sea. We don't really know how far that is, but it's out there somewhere uh, at sea. <laughs> now, he, <laughs> is it five? We feet? don't know. It might be. Yeah, it might be right is by it the dock. Five thousand miles. It we might don't be know. Right at the dock. There's we no way know. to know. But uh, <laughs> he was. He stays on this rampong, and at night he's employed to light the lamps, which are supposed to attract the fish. Oh. And he'd done this job for like three years. You know, think of that. I mean, that's a t- you talk about having a job that nobody wants to do. Uh, is that someone from the company would come to get the fish from the traps and deliver him fresh supplies of food, water, and fuel. Here you go. Now, you, we're not, ooh, it's not time for you to leave yet. We're just dropping some stuff off and picking up the fish for you. You're going to be out here on the Rompung for a while. So the uh, small <laughs> wooden hut, the company owns about 50 of them, and they're anchored you know, all around looking for the fish. Now, big... Winds came, snapped the moorings, off he goes. Off he goes away from the dock at 125 kilometers from shore. And uh, he had a few days' worth of supplies. He survived by catching fish, burning wood from his hut to cook them. This is what got me. Sipping the seawater through his clothes to minimize his intake of salt. I'd never heard that before. I mean, we... Oh, we, so we the salt would get kind of strained, stuck in the we, fabric. You mentioned this earlier on, mm-hmm. on the radio show, but we would be, I would be dead. I mean, yeah, no oh, for I'm sure. Dead. I, I, for I'm sure. Dead. I wouldn't know to Hello, do that. Hello, anybody rescue me? Dead. Of course, the fish would have plenty to live off of for, I don't know, a good five, no, I'm on six the, years. But I'm on the... I'm on the <laughs> no, 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 no. You would eventually sink, jumping up on the, and it'd be like a, a, an eternal buffet for the uh, fish around there. He was... He was I mean, he, ten ships had passed and not picked him up. He mm-hmm. waved some flags and apparently had some some side of emergency radio signal that he finally went off and a ship finally heard it mm-hmm. uh, and uh, rescued him. Uh, one of the things that's fascinating is that while he was out there, you know, he obviously was scared for his life and crying and didn't know what was going on. He said that uh, at one point he was even suicidal and considered just jumping into the ocean. But he remembered that his parents' uh, advice to him was to pray in times of distress, and he had a Bible on board, so he did. And uh, nice, I know. And uh, did he eat the paper? I mean, you could eat the paper to survive, I and mean, that's a way to live off the Bible. Why would he eat the paper when he had fish? Yeah, that's true. I guess you get sick of the fish, though, right? After 49 days, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the yeah, dude yeah. was straining salt water through his clothing. I know, you gotta mix it but up. I never would have thought. I mean, that's interesting. I, I would never knew that. That you you know that you use your clothes to uh, yeah that's yeah. awesome to cut out. That's the, very I know MacGyverish. It, it sure is. <laughs> MacGyver at sea. It's really smart. <laughs> yeah. yes, it's a good it thing is. you knew to do that. Otherwise, You're right. You yeah, would have died. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Uh, congrats, Mercury One. Uh, our partner, uh, Operation Barbecue Relief, which uh, I love, uh, and I know that's a surprise, uh, served its two millionth meal. Uh, the organization formed in 2011 in response to the needs arising after the second largest tornado in U.S. history hit Joplin, Mississippi or Joplin, Missouri, uh, in the seven days since uh, Operation Barbecue has been down in uh, uh, the Carolinas after Florence, it's served over 225,175 meals. And they're serving hot and tasty meals to the Hurricane Florence survivors in and around uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. So uh, your gifts to Mercury One are restoring the human spirit so if you still want to help out and uh, find a way you can go to mercury one.org and uh, look for the link the full length is mercury one.org slash hurricane relief 18 and they actually give a phone number i i don't know that I, you go ahead it's 972 
499-4747. You can call that or you can go to the website, uh, mercuryone.org. All right, we'll finish up with uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeffy coming up in a second here. Pat Gray. Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, finish it up now. Uh, Chewing the fat with Jeffy. (laughs) So I'm not a big fan of snakes and never have been, really. Mm. But uh, Virginia, a lady, uh, was uh, out out in the the flower bed and uh, came across this particular snake. Uh, It's a venomous viper, two-headed and if you look up on Blaze Television, you'll see the rare two-headed snake. What a freak of nature. Found in the flower bed. I'm allowed to say that. Uh, they're saying that uh, it is real. Uh, it uh, it probably won't survive long. They've got it in. A, they've got a place, a snake handler that's taking care of it right now, trying to uh, let it grow. Because what happens is the uh, two heads are separate. So the left head is usually the dominant head, and the right head has the more developed throat for eating. So they end up, you know, just battling each other, the heads, and then they end up dying. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> really? it happens from time to well, time. Well, it looks like yeah. it's gotten pretty big Yeah, well, already. I mean, now how, long's it, how old is it? Now, this, uh, they didn't say. Huh. They didn't say. It was, uh, you know, she found it in the flower bed. And she found it when it was uh, just a couple weeks old. It does say when she, when she found it. That's not how old it is in that picture. Uh-huh. And uh, so now, I mean, it's a copperhead. <laughs> and both heads are poisonous. Wow. So, uh, you know, no. And see, the the difference between this lady in Virginia and Jeff Fisher is that you would have not. you I would If you knew me, you would know that I found a two-headed snake. Other humans would not have known about it because it would have been dead. <laughs> it would have been. I you may, would have killed a very I rare two-headed snake. I kept the two heads wow, that's just to prove that I killed it, but it would have been over. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I know. Really Sorry, but that's insensitive the way it is. of you. Now we talked about uh, Toronto uh, last week being the uh, raccoon capital uh, here in oh, uh, yeah. North America, mm-hmm. but uh, in Ocean City, uh, New Jersey, a man on vacation uh, captured this video of a raccoon scaling the side of this building nine stories up, and then decides to jump off. Here it no, is. This is the real news. Honey. You won't see this on the nightly news tonight. Actually, you do see it on the nightly news. There he goes. And off he goes. Nine stories. And the fall didn't hurt him. Nine stories. He didn't have he didn't have like internal injuries there. Nine stories. They hunted him down wow. fine. They, if you watch uh-huh. the video and they mm-hmm. they've played it a bunch of times. I did watch we the could video. watch it again. You want, it. But you see how he spreads out yeah. on the jump. Yeah. And so he's almost like a little parachuting himself. You down. should try that. Land you right should try that. that. See if it works Think about for this. a human. Yeah. You go, uh, mean, climb nine like, stories. No, 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 Pat. Nine feet and just Pat. jump into a belly flop into into the dirt. The raccoon, nine stories, landed on that belly just fine. Jeffy could jump out of a plane traveling four miles above the earth and, uh-huh. and, and, and land safely. I don't understand why it would be. Mm. Well, we're trying to get I don't think that's more safe. padding. Because you're, you're, you're bigger than the raccoon, Ex- so the height needs to be more. Mm-hmm. So and what so we're saying is. Where he jumped from 
he or she, I, I don't know the gender of the raccoon, uh, <laughs> she now. where it <laughs> jumped from uh, 90 feet, right. you should try 900 or 9,000 feet. See, this is an example of 9,000 feet uh, and just spread out like that give or and just take. belly flop into yeah. the ground. See, well, maybe we'll do that. If that works. Maybe we'll do that as a promotion for my new podcast that starts next Monday. That's, That's a good idea. That. That's a and good idea. Do the, the building jump October as a promotion. 1st. For uh, Chewing the Fat, uh, the daily podcast, uh, October 1st, every it's afternoon. Consider it done. Consider yeah. it. We're renting we'll, we'll go here. We'll, we'll take a camera right mm-hmm. outside here. There's a couple buildings you could... Uh... Well, I mean, if I just do it off this building, I mean, of course you're going to live through that. It's not even nine yeah, that's not even. No, we're looking for a 9,000-foot building. Yeah. There's it's a couple a, of them over here, though, in Las Colinas. That's what I'm saying. We'll, we'll, we'll see over there. Um, <laughs> but this is like a Russian dash cam video, like for real. Yeah. Like, he didn't get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, speaking <laughs> of that, remember, that's why the... I know we were talking about... Uh, uh, you were talking about the show about everybody wearing cameras and videotape and everything, uh, but that's how the Russian dash cam videos got started. Yeah, right, with is. everybody with those cameras because of insurance fraud and everything. Mm-hmm. So all the pe- everybody said, no, 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 no. We're just going to be putting in cameras. That's how we got all that dash cam footage. Right. Right? Yes. So, that, I mean, that's coming. That's coming oh, yeah. soon. It is. Count on it. 888-933-93. More Pat Gray Leash coming up. Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, it's Pat, and you're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. If you like what you're hearing on this show, then you should also check out the Glenn Beck program. Look for it wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Great to have you with us. 888-900-3393. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, joined this afternoon by our friend Brad Meltzer. Uh, best-selling author, uh, Brad Meltzer. Welcome to the Blaze. Always good to be back, my friend. How you doing? Doing great. Always great to have you. Uh, you have a book coming out, or it's already out, that... Um, is really timely since the you know the big movie is is coming out I think this weekend as well right or October October twelfth so we're a couple of weeks away from it um, but your book is I am near Neil Armstrong from your I am series um, uh, tell us tell us about uh, the I am Neil Armstrong book yeah you know and and we've talked about these before but I started these books because I was tired of my kids having bad heroes in society to look up to mm-hmm. loudmouth athletes reality TV show stars, people who are famous for being famous on Instagram. It was disgusting to me. And I thought there are so many better heroes through history we can give them. And we started with I'm Amelia Earhart and I'm Abraham Lincoln. We've done Rosa Parks and Albert Einstein, Dr. King and um, Jackie Robinson. But we are now at this moment. uh, I, I always believe if you look through history, you don't get the heroes that you want. You get the heroes that you need. And when I was looking at the value proposition of who I wanted to do next, because our books are always about the values. It was Neil Armstrong. It was, you know, about humility and working hard. And I think those were ideas we've really gotten away from and we need to get back to. And and when Neil Armstrong was a little kid, he was eight years old. uh, You know, he, he was just like anybody else. He wasn't some amazing superstar. 
And we got to teach our kids that if they work hard, uh, that they'll actually accomplish what they want, that it's not about just kind of beating your chest and saying, I'm the best, I'm the greatest, look at me. Yeah. And I think that Neil Armstrong really stands for that. And, you know, even uh, later on in his life, um, despite the fact that he had such celebrity and he was adored in this country, and I, I don't know that I've ever heard any person, any American, say a bad word about Neil Armstrong, he remained a, a very humble man his entire life, didn't he? Yeah, well, that was the amazing part. And that's why they picked him, right? They could have picked yeah. Buzz Aldrin. They had to choose who's the guy who yeah. we want to take the first step. And they picked him because of that. Neil Armstrong never used to use the word I. He used to use the word we. We did this. We accomplishment. He saw the Apollo mission mm-hmm. as, you know, this is our accomplishment. And he meant the mathematicians, the scientists, the, the tailors who sewed his spacesuit together. And remember when humility was a great American value? We need to bring that back for our kids again. And, yeah. and that's why this, this whole kids series is designed to bring it back. And I love that, you know, they knew when they picked him, as you said so correctly, it, he wasn't going to put his name on a T-shirt and sell the rights to a restaurant, Neil Armstrong's, you know, hot dogs and moon rocks. Like, <laughs> they knew he was going to be the humble one. And he basically went back to Ohio and just said, I just did my job. Yeah, uh, an amazing uh, American and, you know, as you mentioned, um, it's it's a tough time right now where kids don't have a lot of really great heroes to look up to and they don't have any idea about history. And and it's really sad that it's gotten to this stage. Um, so this book is an incredible vehicle to help our our kids understand that we do have American heroes. There are people you can look up to with really good values and principles. And it's hard to find now. And, and, you, and you're, you know, you have to give them the, the stories that they care about. Um, you know, yeah. for me, the most important story in here, when, when Neil Armstrong's eight years old, his big dream is to, he wants to climb the silver maple tree in his backyard. And when you climb a maple tree or any tree, you know, it's like a puzzle. You got to put your hand on this branch and then your foot on this one. And then you got to kind of shimmy your way up to the top. And as he's climbing, eight years old, he grabs a dead branch and the branch snaps. And he falls and he plummets to the earth, slams flat on his back, 15 feet he falls, flat on his back. His sister Mm. comes running, they get his mom. But the most important thing in this entire kid's book is the next thing that Neil Armstrong does is he gets back up again. He starts mowing his lawn in a a cemetery to save money, the most depressing job a child I think has ever had in history, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But he, he wants to save money to buy toy planes. Then he wants to buy a real plane. He gets a pilot's license. He's so young that he gets his pilot license before he gets his driver's license. He, of course, becomes a test pilot, becomes uh, a military hero, becomes an astronaut, takes that giant leap for all mankind on the moon. But what I teach my kids when I read them this book is that you don't get to take the giant leap until you take the thousands upon thousands of small steps to get there. And I think right now, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, we as a culture favor those who are really good at calling attention to themselves, really good at saying, look at me. Yep. And I think we have, to, we have to remind them that it's the humble ones, it's the hard workers that have given America far more. And that's, and it's that's not the ones that say anything else. That's really hard, Brad, because we see it, uh, we see it in the NFL especially. We, we see it in baseball. We see it in basketball where 
um, you know, the, the guys that are normally held up to our kids, the, the athletes, uh, they're all about chest thumping. They're all about me, 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 look what I just did. Where To the point where they spend, I think they spend more time working on their touchdown celebrations uh, than they do on their football skills. It's, it's pretty amazing to see. And so that's what our kids are getting a steady diet of instead of a guy like, uh, Neil Armstrong, who was all about we, as you said, instead of me. No, and and listen, your kids are going to pick heroes, whether you like it or not, but you might as well have some say in it. And I think yeah. the only way you can do that is you've got to give them something better, because you're exactly right. I mean, whether you look at athletes or politicians or just about anyone in society, that's what we focus on today. It's it's a problem. And and I actually think it's no surprise, you know, if you look, if you want, let's see, you know, I know you and I are both like such huge history fans, but if you look through history, you really want to nerd out a little bit. You look at the Great Depression, the heroes that were popular at that time, they were Tarzan and they were Flash Gordon. They were characters designed to transport you elsewhere because it was a depression. That's what mm-hmm. they called it, that it was depressing. Go to the 25th century, mm-hmm. go to the jungles of Tarzan. And then as World War II starts encroaching on our shores, America gets scared. And we want someone to come save us. And in 1938, a character named Superman is created. He sells a million copies. No one can understand why. It's because we're terrified. We want someone to come and save us. And if you look after 9-11, mm-hmm. uh, the, when everyone said there'll be no more film, we're never going to laugh again. It was just such a sad time in our, cultures, in our country's history. Mm-hmm. The first big movie that broke through the public consciousness was Spider-Man. Once again, we were a country that was scared, wanted someone to come save us. We, wanted to, we weren't Superman anymore. We were Spider-Man. We, were, we, we still wanted to fight, but we knew it was harder to. It was a, a weird uh, kind of enemy that we were facing. And it's why, to me, for the past 15 years, we've had superhero movies that have taken over. Even the bad ones make $100 million, Pat, because we still want someone to come save us. We're, we're a country starving wow. for heroes. And for me, it's no coincidence that the two big biographies this year are Neil Armstrong and Mr. Rogers, right? The Neil Armstrong yeah. movie is about to open huge flag controversy and everything else aside, but like, and here's Mr. Rogers. What do they have in common? They're people that were humble, were hardworking, and that cared about other people rather than themselves. And I think it's just a reflection once again that, again, you don't get the heroes you want, you get the heroes you need. You mentioned the controversy around uh, First Man, which starts October 12th. What what? What do you make of the excuse that they used that they actually used uh, Lance uh, Neil Armstrong's um, humility against him for the movie that that he was so humble that he wouldn't have made a big deal out of planting the American flag? Do you buy into that? Yeah, no, listen, let, let's be very clear. Um, one, when we when I am Neil Armstrong, when our book came out, I immediately got a call from the screenwriter of that movie because he said, I see what you're doing and I really appreciate what you're doing. You really have the spirit of Neil Armstrong here. And and I asked him about it. I was like, I, I, no one's seen the movie. There's a huge controversy. No one's seen it. And I said, is it in there? He's like, it's absolutely in there. He's like, make no mistake. It's in there. He's like, um, and, and but I will also say that there is no question that Neil Armstrong planting that flag, being on that moon, is a profoundly American achievement. It Mm -hmm. is why I chose to write this book about this amazing American. It was a race, right? It wasn't the human endeavor. It was a race against the Russians, and America won. That's why we have to, you you have to feature that. You have to talk about that. Um, That's what the space race was, by definition. Um, What I will say, though, is I do trust Neil Armstrong's sons. And I think what got lost as we, you know, all these kind of 
controversies, they, they, you know, boil up on Twitter and on social media. And then we have to kind of stop and say, okay, what's the real truth here? Or is it just people who are designed trying to make me mad? Because when people get mad, <laughs> the only ones that win are the people in power, right? That's all right. that wins. Like whatever side you're rooting for, that's who wins is when we fight. And when you looked at this, Neil Armstrong's sons were like, we are the consultants on the movie. We like what this stands for. We love how it was done. And, and I have to have faith in his family that they know exactly what they're doing. But make no mistake, um, this is an American achievement. We're talking with uh, author Brad Melcher, author of uh, the children's book, I Am Neil Armstrong. And it's such a great series for kids. Uh, the entire I Am series, uh, Brad, we, we've loved them um, for many years now that you've been writing these. Now, I understand in January you have a book about the murder plot against George Washington. Um, can you give us a little teaser about that? Uh, this is the craziest. Stuff. So people know me from Decoded, what we used to do on the History Channel. And I, I, I said, this is, book is like an episode of Decoded, but in a book format. And what happened was I was looking for this story. And I was reading this, you know, my, I just love reading history about George Washington. Glenn and I always talk about that. You and I talk about it. And I found in the footnotes a secret plot, real one, this is true, to kill George Washington. And I was like, is this true? Wow. Is it real? Is this internet myth? What is this? I've never I heard of that. digging into it. Right. No, I'd never heard of it. And I've read, you know how many books on George Washington? It's always, mm-hmm. it's always mentioned for like a sentence or two or a paragraph or two, and then they just go past it. And I went to um, Joseph Ellis, who wrote one of the great George Washington biographies. And I said, is this story true? And he said, listen, you got to look into it. He's like, I know the story, but I've no, no one's ever written a modern book on it. There's no book on it. And I, looked, I started looking into it. It, here's the story, is George Washington at the height of the Revolutionary War. This is all taking place. I'll tell you exactly when. You'll tell me what else is happening at that day. Um, and there's a plot by George Washington's own men, his, his inner circle of, of the heroes that are taking care, almost like his private secret service, uh, to turn on him. And some say to kidnap him, some say to kill him. The result's the same. They're going to kill him either way. But what George Washington finds out about it, he rounds up one of the people responsible he builds a gallow. He hangs the man in front of 20,000 people. It is the largest public execution at that point in North American history, Pat. And wow. the reason nobody, he brings the hammer down. He's like, do not mess with me. I am George Washington. I'm going to be on the money one day, right? I mean, that's the direct <laughs> quote. <laughs> and, but the amazing part of the story is, is no one knows about it because the hanging happens on June 28th, 1776. Wow. It is the day the Declaration of Independence, the first draft, comes in. It is the day when the British are truly coming. They're about to invade. And in the midst of all this is a 20,000-person group watching it, a public execution that George Washington administers. And it's an incredible lost moment of history. So it's called The First Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill George Washington. It comes out in January. I can't wait for you to read the book mm. so we can really kind of dig into it. But it, what you see in that moment— is and what the book is really about is again the hero talk about the heroes you need is the strength of george washington's character that what happens when he's facing adversity you know there's always people who are plotting against the president there's always people who are trying to take whoever's in power down but his reaction is so incredible and just reveals his character and it also leads to the birth of the entire counterintelligence movement it's an incredible story i can't wait for everyone to read the first conspiracy oh yeah that's that sounds fantastic yeah it does it also it also demonstrates how serious our founders were against treason and threats of this nature. They didn't mess around with that. 
You know, they didn't give people oh, a slap on the wrist. Oh, yeah, you can't do that. No, no. This yeah. Is, I mean, you, 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 the one of the things we kind of we, we, we forget is, you know, we love to tell the story about how the American Revolution was this ragtag group, and we're all on one side, and we all mm-hmm. push together, and then victory comes. And we forget that it was all being fought here. And so places like New York, places like Boston, you don't forget all these British people were living here. And they're watching and saying, who's going to win? And there's moments where we look like we're going to lose. We, keep, we come really close to losing. And when that happens, when you have a military who's, we don't have the food, we don't have the bullets, we don't have the gunpowder, we don't have, you know, no one's getting paid, they're getting smallpox, they're getting venereal diseases, they're getting everything. It's a horrible experience for so many people. And we look like we're going to lose. Guess what happens? People start saying, wait, maybe the other side has something better to offer me. And you have these people who sadly were switching sides back and forth, depending on who was doing well that day. And thank God, George Washington, and uh, I'll talk about it in January, but find, you know, literally organizes a small group that nobody knows about to ferret these people out and make sure that those who are the true mm-hmm. patriots are on our side. And it's just one of the most amazing, you know, the, the things that we're looking at today or recently or years ago, they've all been happening since the start. We keep replaying it over and over, and it's just a fascinating to watch George Washington deal with it because he, he is an enigma, right? We, we know so mm-hmm. much of him, but we know so little actually about him as a man. Looking forward to that. Uh, so that comes out in January. So uh, your, your series with, for the kids, the I Am series, and then this uh, George Washington book, these are all factual, actual, uh, true stories. Are, you're not getting away from the, the fiction, uh, the thrillers, are you? No, no, no. In fact, my what I'm working on right now is, uh, you know, we just did the escape artist, which we talked about, about my time at Dover Air Force Base working with the military right. um, and the thriller. And, and that actually came out in paperback this past week. So you, anyone who was waiting to buy it, I, I couldn't buy a hardback book until I graduated college. I couldn't afford it. My family didn't have money for that. <laughs> and uh, I could only buy paperback. So paperback of the escape artist just came out last week. So anyone who was saving money like me when I was younger, go get it. Um, but I'm working on the sequel to that now. And, and, you know, I just, you know me, I love the real story. So going back yeah. to Dover Air Force Base and these men and women who take care of our fallen troops, it is just inspiring to me. I can't hear enough of those stories because, again, those are the best of the best of us working on the best of the best of us, our, our fallen military men and women. Awesome. Uh, Brad Melter, we'll be looking forward to the uh, George Washington book as well uh, coming up. It, where can people go to, um, you know, is there a place online that they can find the books and don't yeah, have to I mean, leave listen, the comfort go, of their own home. You can go home. to Amazon, you can go, you can go to Amazon, Barnes and yeah. Noble, you know, anywhere. Um, but you can go to bradmelcher.com, you can read the first chapters for free. I think yeah. Oh nice. But you can see all the books and you can pre-order them and I love the fact that people are, you know, for me what I love about the I am books, whether it's Neil Armstrong, Jane Goodall, whether it's Dr. King or, you know, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, all those books we've done. I love that people buy little stacks of them and they build libraries for their kids and their grandkids and their nieces and their nephews. And so we actually, just to do that, we came out with a strong girls gift set and it's four books. It's I'm Amelia Earhart. I am Rosa Parks. I am, uh, I'm sorry. I'm Harriet Tubman. I'm Jane Goodall. And I am Sacagawea, four books, $60 worth of books. It's on sale for $30 right now at Amazon. Um, so you look up the strong girls gift set and I love that, you know, again, to give real heroes to our kids today is such a vital need for the, you know, for this Christmas, like that's to me is a mm-hmm. great way to celebrate. No doubt about it. All right. We'll talk to you again. Uh, first of the year when the, when the book's about to come out. All right. Can't wait. I'm actually coming to Dallas. So I'm going to come see you personally for that one. Awesome. Woo-hoo. All right. We'll see you then. Thanks, cool. Brad.
Thanks, my friend. Okay, brother. All right. Um, We also have some breaking news here. Bill Cosby was just sentenced to three to ten years. Yeah. Three to ten years in state prison. prison. Yeah, so it looks like he's going to serve at least three. He, I think with a sentence like this, it has to be at least three, yeah. right? So somewhere between three and ten years, I guess, depending on good behavior or the whim of the uh, parole board or who knows what will de- what determines whether he serves three or ten. A guy who's, what, 80? I don't know. 82? I'm, seriously, I mean, it's, I guess it depends on behavior. Wow. Um, yeah. Is he going to give, you know, free... Stand-up routines every week <laughs> in the prison to try <laughs> wow. to work off some... I, I don't know. But, wow. Uh, there you go. Three to ten years in prison for Bill Cosby. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. It's an incredible buy um, if you're looking for a beautiful home, spacious home on a spacious lot for uh, an incredibly good price. Uh, We have just the thing for you in Palo Alto, California. Okay. Yeah. It is a luxurious 897 square foot home. For just two million five hundred ninety thousand dollars. That's right. Two for for under two point six million dollars. This nearly nine hundred square foot home can be yours. That doesn't sound like a <laughs> like a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, so really, yeah. So, is how many how square feet? Almost nine hundred. Square feet. Yeah, but you're rounding up from what? 897? Is yes. That right? uh-huh. Eight ninety seven. It's three f- square feet short of nine hundred square feet. And how much they cost again? Just two point five nine million dollars. Now how much are you willing to pay? Now nobody's gonna get this for list price. You're gonna have to go above that, obviously. The market is so hot and the bidding home war? is so beautiful. It's gonna be a bidding war for a this. Bidding thing. war for this. So, Keep I mean, in mind, it's in Palo Alto. You'd be right near Google, right near Facebook, very <laughs> close to the Apple co- complex. Look how much a square foot that is. That's only oh, about three thousand a square foot, just three, under three, just under three thousand dollars per square foot. And look at the square feet that are that are available here. Let's <laughs> let's look at the, the a realtor has uh, is going to oh, take us through oh, oh, the home. All right. Uh, here's a little ad for this beautiful, beautiful mansion. There it is. See the outside of it? Hi, I'm Mike Rupp with the Daily Home team. Hi. We're proud to Hi, present Michael. this great new listing at 128 Middlefield Road wow. in beautiful Palo Alto. Beautiful. Resting on a spacious lot of over 4,000 square feet. This <laughs> Stop this for a second. Stop it for a second. Offers efficiency. Resting on a spacious lot oh, hold on. of 4,000 square feet? <laughs> hold on. What? Wait, what? Hold on a second. 
A spa- resting on a spacious lot of 4,000 square feet. And look, look, let's say you buy an 897 square foot home. Yeah. And let's say people still have families in California uh-huh. and, and you want to add two years. Right. Look at all that room. Look you at can, all that extra you can, room, man. You can build on. I'm sure that the ordinances could, in California make it easy to do to expand oh, that I'm house. Oh, sure. Yeah. So just buy it and you can expand. Right. Yeah, just buy it and put in an extra... I don't know, closet. Probably there's plenty of room for another closet, I'll bet. But let's tour the rest of the home Okay, now. okay, here we go, here we go. In, so style, in style, along with an idyllic location, uh-huh. preliminary two-story plans drafted by a well-respected local architect uh-huh. provide an excellent Look starting point for expansion. Why are okay. we whispering? Hardwood floors Hardwood. grace the sunlit living room. Wow. Complete with a center fireplace and a beautiful uh-huh. bay window. <laughs> The first bedroom awaits and behind look at that spacious bedrooms overlooking the front yard <laughs> and flows nicely into the eating kitchen. There's plenty of storage uh-huh. and vintage appliances. Vintage appliances. A full bathroom with tiled detailing old. and a classic pedestal sink right <laughs> down the hall. Classic. Along with the second bedroom, uh-huh. which offers great privacy great and faces privacy. a side yard. It's not big, but it has the privacy. The outdoor spaces are lush and plentiful lush. with rose bushes, look at that. redwood trees, an apple tree, a stone paper patio, <laughs> a putting green, oh, wow. a wisteria covered pergola that's perfect Not for fresco dining and entertainment. Come on now, for, the, a for this price, space that can be used as a studio or home office. Okay, look at that. And a basement with plenty of extra crawl space storage. <laughs> extra crawl space. From this prime space. location, you will be mere moments away from <laughs> University <laughs> Avenue University with award-winning Avenue. restaurants and shops. All right. Okay. Across the creek rests Distinguished Menlo Park. And just a few minutes further rests Stanford University oh, and oh, wow. Stanford Mall. Nice. Yeah, the and rest then, of prestigious Palo Alto, of course, including beautiful parks, Palo Alto, bustling Park. community centers, and, and world-class Silicon schools Valley. are all just pools. a short drive away. Yeah, pools. Tom also sits near all of the world-famous employers of Silicon Valley. Okay, and is within easy reach of all that San Francisco. Uh, so and that's San basically offer, now he's talking about the town. All right, we've away. seen enough. Okay, Wait, so, now, so, now it's all a description of the town of Palo Alto. The house was four rooms, I think. No, it was two bedrooms and two then bedrooms, that kitchen, the living kitchen, room and area. the living room, and that's it. The vintage, uh... eight hundred ninety-seven square feet of just basic, basic home with vintage or really old appliances in the kitchen that you probably have to replace. You... All I, for two million five hundred ninety thousand dollars. I lived in a that's unreal two bedroom apartment when we worked in Houston together. Uh huh. It was it was bigger than that house. Uh, yeah. And by the way, they get a putting green in California yards. In Texas, we have driving ranges in our yards. <laughs> in Texas, what would two point five nine million get oh, you? Ten thousand, twelve thousand square feet. Yeah. You get oh, eight ninety seven yeah. in Palo Alto, California. Congratulations. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. I am. On the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for being here with us. 888-900-3393. If you missed it, uh, Bill Cosby got three to ten years. <laughs> three to ten in state prison. And he's been labeled a sexual, violent, sexually violent predator. 
So that sticks with you for life. But I mean, he's 82, so. I think he's 82. Is that what he is? Maybe he's less than that. Mm, let me check with his attorney, Jeff Fisher. Uh, let's see. His, his attorney and staunch defender for some reason. 81. 81 years old. So? Oh, uh, come on. He's, he's old. First of all. No. First of all. Jeffy's leading defense. It's Bill Cosby. That's it. That's his leading it's defense. Bill Co- I know it's Bill Cosby. It was O.J. Simpson. Right? Gosh. I, so what? When famous people commit crimes, they have to pay for them just like the rest of us. Otherwise, well, it's an unjust society. Unless you're a famous politician. Unless you're Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. You know, what is, the, what is their murder list now? 140 people or something? I don't oh, know. at least. I don't know what it is. <laughs> at least. How many people has Hillary Clinton murdered? <clears throat> oh, yeah. We haven't done this uh, Google search in a while. So, I mean, it, it could be hundreds <laughs> by now, not just. Uh, uh, oh, oh, wait. Let's get the... is, it just, is it just 50? It started out as like 40 or 50, I think. Here we go. Here we go. All right. If I just mm-hmm. click here and just wait for the old gerbil to spin the wheel. Good grief. Scroll, scroll, scroll. 56. <laughs> That's not bad. Or if it, yeah, it's not it's bad. It's been right around that area for a while. It's manageable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. <laughs> 56. Look. That's not bad. No, I mean, you know, for brutal elitist murderers, yeah, you could kill a lot more than that. I mean, how many did Stalin kill? Way more than that. Right. When you put it into perspective. Way more. Right. You know. That's right. Um, Just put it into historical per- perspective and uh, and you see what happens. It's fairly reasonable when you're talking his- history. I mean, you know, big deal. Uh, 888-933-93. <laughs> uh, and at Pat Unleashed on, uh, on the Twitterverse. There's also a Buddhist monk. Now, this is said to be, I don't know that I'm familiar with this guy, but he's said to be the most famous Buddhist teacher after the Dalai Lama. Hmm. And his book, The Tibetan Book of Living and Dying, has sold more than three million copies. And apparently it's influenced numerous celebrities. Sogyal Rinpoche, Beacon of Light and Hope. For those seeking spiritual enlightenment, supposedly. But some of his trusting devotees uh, saw a darker side of him. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Yet for the women who claim they were sexually abused by Rinpoche, he's anything but a wise and pious holy man. Other ex-devotees accuse him of brutal beatings and using donations to fund a lavish lifestyle of fine wines, Cuban cigars, and chauffeur-driven Mercedes. Rinpoche surrounded himself with a harem of beautiful young women that he called his dakinis, or angels. Their duties uh, included wiping his backside after he used the toilet. Uh, If that's your duty, why would you do that? Uh, Okay, you're here for spiritual enlightenment, and somehow that includes... Wiping his butt for him? No. I'm sorry. I draw the line at wiping a big fat guy's butt. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just too picky. I don't know. (laughs) So hold on a second. Is that wrong of me that I'm not willing to do that for spiritual enlightenment? Think about your typical day. You go around. You go to work, right? Maybe you you stop Mm -hmm. at the old Walmart on the way home. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to pump gas, you know, you go home and then uh, mm-hmm. uh, you just see your neighbors and just interact with people on a daily basis. Yeah. How many people have you unknowingly interacted with in your life? Who who've done something who like do that? something? Who wipe somebody's there butt are for people them? People out there that you've probably crossed paths with that do insane things. Like okay, right. Je- Jeffy's a good example for us. Uh-huh. Okay, well so that's maybe, why you don't shake hands with, and them, that's maybe that's a bad that's example. So we're kind right. of the exception to the norm. But yeah, you you have no idea. You're at an amusement park. You're you're just passing strangers here and there at the mall. Mm-hmm. If those still exist, do they? I don't know. And so I no. there are people out there that subject themselves to stuff like this yeah and i don't i don't know why i don't it once somebody says hey uh your main job is what's that uh to wipe my butt for me after i go to the bathroom sorry hold on can i um i'll see you later i you know this isn't the job for me can we negotiate can i just get your coffee for you yeah there's no negotiation if that's what you've asked me to do i'm (laughs) leaving so i mean think about it it's like what was uh, John Conyers in, a, in in his office? What uh, naked, right? Or what was he doing? His undies or something? Or uh, or or, mm-hmm. or who was the uh, CBS guy uh, that, that walked around his house naked? He, uh, Rose. Uh, Charlie Rose. Charlie Rose. Yeah. I, 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 the fact that you would, oh my gosh, not only be the person that does that, but be the person that experiences and then keeps quiet about this stuff. So I'm glad that uh, someone... I just could, keeps doing it. <clears throat> One male student said that he was uh he endured abject humiliation rin posh would grab his mm, giblets in front of a group of attendees well and he must have stayed too another ex-devotee told the sun uh newspaper sogyal is part tyrant and part spoiled child and he surrounded himself with a harem of beautiful young women um and this particular Ex-employee said he seems to be addicted addicted to sex, food, smoking, and hitting. Hitting? <laughs> it doesn't sound like the most enlightened creature I've ever heard of, but I mean, I don't know him personally. Yeah, we don't know him. But the description so far doesn't have me much impressed. Uh, he just last year stepped down as the spiritual head of his global RIGPA organization, after some of his inner circle of students went public with these allegations. Now there's another report commissioned by RIGPA, RIGPA and undertaken by a law firm that's confirmed that he subjected some of his inner circle to serious physical, sexual, and emotional abuse. Really uh, sad. In a, there was a 2011 Canadian documentary on him called uh, In the Name of Enlightenment. And one of his ex-students claimed that he sexually exploited her and she said that the organization was aware of some of these issues and didn't address them now one of his ex-students not the guy who had to wipe his butt uh she's the one i think that's that mentioned the fact that some people had to do that dirty job so gal and the girls thought everything that went into him and came out of him was holy. <clears throat> so the girls wiped his, I'm going to say, butt for him. He liked to have work gatherings while he took, uh, while he went to the bathroom with the door open. He also chewed his food and then exchanged it with a kiss with the girls. Uh, <laughs> here's what he had to say about these allegations. This is amazing. Um, 
in a letter to the law firm that is talking about this, he said, whatever I have said or done when interacting with my students has been with the aim of helping them to awaken their true inner nature. Nothing will do that more than wiping some big fat Buddhist monk's butt for him. Nothing. Nothing? Will enlighten you. Uh, See, I'm going to work on yoga before mm-hmm. I do this. Really? Well, whatever. I mean, to each his own. He said, nonetheless, I see this intention has been misunderstood, and my actions have been judged otherwise. <laughs> For some, this way of training may not have had the desired outcome. Huh. I must accept my own responsibility in this and apologize to anyone who feels this way. <laughs> so if having sex with him didn't enlighten you, enlighten you or... Wiping his uh, buttocks for him afterwards didn't enlighten you. He's sorry about that. What about the food exchange it with the kids? It doesn't help everybody. Like the half-chewed food exchange? No, he's not sorry for that. That was uh, clearly a, an enlightening uh, moment for everybody. <laughs> okay. Just, so What a weird, sick, twisted world. I, wow. There are no words, man. I mean, I guess there's a lot of stars like uh, John Cleese from Monty Python swears by this guy and so does tom york from radiohead and well, keanu reeves okay well um these aren't another exactly one exemplary uh, examples jeez so they still uh swear by him i after these allegations i don't know but they were all i mean because tom york him. stands up for israel oh does so, he really oh yeah radiohead oh, i like that a lot oh yeah they're I like, like that a lot boycott us whatever uh, oh, that's great. So they have, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's Johnny Greenwood. Anyway, one of them uh, is married to an Israeli Jew. So they have a unique perspective. And mm. whenever that, whenever there's a tour or something, you know how every artist has to go through the, no way you're going to play in Tel Aviv. No way you're going to play in Jerusalem. Let's boycott mm-hmm. this band. Radio and usually Head. they cave. Right. Radiohead says, um, let's talk about this on Twitter where they proceed to kick some proverbial butt on this issue. I oh, love it. Good. Oh, they're great. Oh, yeah, they're oh, staunch defenders of Israel. So maybe he was enlightened by uh, by Sagyal. I don't know. Sagyal, spell this for me. <laughs> S-A-G-Y-A-L, and then Rinpoche, R-A-N-P-O-C-H-E. Um, hmm. I'd like to buy a vowel, please. Here At one retreat, Rinpoche blessed a devotee who was wearing a Rolex. And he told the man... You have to put this in the offering bowl at the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You just want my Rolex and then I'll reach spiritual enlightenment. A British woman who was his girlfriend from 1980 to 1986 said, I understood that I was one of four girlfriends and came to accept that since the other three lived in France. Hmm. Uh, then on a Rigpa summer retreat in France, I discovered he was having sexual relation, relations with many other women. Um, they included a woman who was on a cycling holiday and had popped into the retreat while passing by while I was there. I realized Sagyal was just using me for gratification. All right. But were you enlightened? In the meantime, that's the big question. I got to be honest with you. I'm giving up the Rolex for I'm wiping the butt. <clears throat> yeah. Poof. I mean, I I don't know. Did you sh- did anybody shake hands with these people afterwards? Uh, that doesn't seem like a 
Yeah, he's a good-looking dude. Yeah, I know, right? Isn't he, though? Oh. <laughs> oh, I think you're going to tweet this I out. mean, he's like Buddha-shaped, this guy. It's <laughs> good. So, um, <laughs> good you know, grief, not man. that there's anything wrong with that. You know, I, he's an elderly man. Probably in his 70s or so. He's been to the buffet a time or two. Yeah. I'll say. He's made a few trips. I don't know if he's ever been kicked out for eating too much like Jeffy has been, but uh, we'll look into that. Okay. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. This is Pat Gray. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple Eight, 933.93. And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. <laughs> I just clicked into one of those uh, clickbait things. Oh, here we Take go. you down this clicking road. Have you gotten to have you gotten to the slide that you originally were looking for yet? Uh no, of course not. Okay. It's like 38 from here. <laughs> something who knows you have no idea but these are pairs of celebrities you had no idea were the same age (laughs) actor daniel radcliffe from harry potter should we save these for a fun slideshow and rob yeah we could uh but i can give you this and rob gronkowski are both 29 years old daniel radcliffe is 29 huh from harry potter yeah he's on stage now like getting naked or something i don't know yeah that was a while ago oh my bad. I'm, I'm uh, Madonna and Ellen DeGeneres are the same age. 60. Huh. Wow. Okay. Mario Lopez, Adrian Brody, both 45. In case you're interested. Well, I am. It's kind of a How about Sandra Bullock? How old do you think Sandra Bullock is? Okay. Uh, and Laura Linney, same age. Okay. All right. Well, now that you did that one, <laughs> 55? Uh, very close. 54. Oh. Bullock looks pretty good at 54. Well, mm, he's okay, too. <laughs> yeah. huh. uh, Singer-producer, uh, is it Pharrell? Pharrell Williams and Eric Dane of Grey's Anatomy. They're both uh, 45. Okay. And uh, then we have a sponsored uh, slide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then we have Amy Adams and Eva Mendez. I don't believe it. Wow, 44. That's hard to believe. And yet, it's apparently true. Uh, Shamar Moore and Nick Offerman. I don't know either one of these guys, but they're both 48, if you know them. Yeah. Uh, Parks and Rec. All right. 888 We'll go through some of these because it's kind of interesting. Um, In the meantime, we've been talking off and on about the Ted Cruz situation with his wife, Heidi, last night, being accosted at a restaurant in D.C. and being shouted out of the place. And we were kind of wondering uh, some things like, was it at the beginning of the meal or the middle or the end of the meal? What about the restaurant manager or management? Did they, was there ever a chance they were going to throw out the people who were yelling and screaming at their customers? Or was it just up to the customers to leave the place? Uh, Amanda in Indiana, you got some answers on this? Uh, 
um, well, it just so happened that when I'd heard about what had happened, I thought I'd call and give my condolences about how horrible that was the way he was treated. And his staffer told me that they haven't even sat down to order their meal yet. They just got there. Oh, wow. They hadn't even ordered yet? So the nope. people came in immediately and just started screaming at him, and so they got up and left. Uh, yeah, they weren't even there that long. I guess they were preparing to sit down, get ready to order, and so they didn't even well, get to really do that. Well, thank you for that info. That's that's interesting. and it, it's So that leads you to wonder, okay, why didn't the restaurant intervene with these people? Why was that okay for them to come in and disrupt their business like that? Why didn't they call the police and have these people removed? Unbelievable. Thanks, Amanda. Well, that makes me even more angry. But did you know that actors Tom Cruise and Craig Ferguson are the same age? How are we doing? <laughs> you know, Craig, Fer- he, Craig Ferguson was a talk show host on that late night show. Yeah. He's that- actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're both 56. Wow. T- Tom Cruise, 56. Huh. What a shame. He's just, he has not held up well. <laughs> Has he? I mean, just... What, look Tom at, Cruise? Yeah, look at this. Oh, he just, mean, he's let himself go. I mean, I it's mean, pretty sad. It's sad. I mean, I didn't want to it's, say anything. It's sad and it's pathetic. Seriously. We're just about the same age, and it's just sad that he looks so much older. Someone, someone um, made a deal with the ghost of L. Ron <laughs> Hubbard, apparently. <laughs> uh, actresses Katie Holmes and Courtney Kardashian. Wow. Courtney Kardashian, 39? I did. Well, it made a great slideshow at some point for us. William Shatner, Robert Duvall, both the same age. Uh-huh. How old do you think William Shatner is? Oh, we've talked about this recently with Jeffy. Wasn't it low 70s or something? Nope, he's 87. Oh, my gosh. 87 years old. That's the most surprising one, I think. Uh. Duvall and Shatner are 87 years old. Hmm. Kelly Clarkson, Britney Spears are the same age. How old are they? Britney Spears. How old is Britney Spears now? 38. Little Disney darling Britney. What do I win? 30. 36 years old. Oh. You were close, though. Yeah. Pretty close. And I guess, you know, they were, what, Disney stars in the early 90s? So that works. Yeah, it's about right. It's about right. Then you got Chris Pine and Lynn manuel Miranda, who are both 38. Huh. I'm surprised Chris Pine's that old. Supermodel Iman, Iman, and uh, singer Annie Lennox, 63 years old. From the Eurythmics, Annie Lennox. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, actress Angelina Jolie and Chelsea Handler. How, how old do you think Angelina Jolie is? Ron's guess is 46? 49. 49? She's 43. So there you go. Sorry there, Angelina. Uh-huh. Uh, kind of surprised that everybody guessed older than she actually is. <laughs> I thought that might go the other way, but no. Ah. Sadly for her, it did not. Mm-hmm. It did not. Uh, 888-933-93. And at uh, Pat Unleashed on, you know, the Twitterverse place. What do you mean the Twitterverse place, Mr. Twitter? Twitter-verse. What do you mean? You know, the place where people twit. No, they tweet. Uh, that, yeah, of course. Naturally. Don't act like you don't know. No, I do. You know, I'm as hip as it gets on social media. We've had to as restart the, uh, the giblet counter, they're telling me on Twitter. 
I really? Guess, I guess you dropped uh, Twitter. Uh, I mean, a oh, giblet? I did say giblets earlier today. Really did you? I missed yeah, the, I missed I the giblet drop. It might have been on Glenn's show. Was it on Glenn's or mine? Uh-huh. I don't know. It was. It was here. Hmm. Okay. Uh, also, over the weekend, I was happy to see that the Michael Moore movie <laughs> uh, basically arrived dead on arrival. Oh yeah, it did. Fahrenheit eleven nine was eighth. At the at the box office with three point one million dollars, uh, and so you know it goes down from there. <laughs> next next week, it's probably one point five million. You know maybe this thing winds up at around my guess seven or eight million. Look at it compared to the way Fahrenheit nine eleven treated his uh, bank account, because the contrast is stark and fun. Uh, it opened nationwide to a record shattering almost twenty three million. Wow, from less theaters, too. Uh-huh. 868 theaters. Fahrenheit 911. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and it it debuted ahead <laughs> of White Chicks and The Notebook. Is that not fascinating? The Notebook? It beat The Notebook? <laughs> that is insane, man. 14 years later, Fahrenheit 11.9 opens at 3.1. Million on 1,700 theaters, more than double what it opened with on, uh, you know, Fahrenheit 9/11. Yeah, in other words, he's going to be able to buy a lot fewer I Big love Macs. That. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's the widest release. 1,700 two screens, widest release of all time for a documentary that isn't a studio concert or a nature film. <laughs> wow, good. So uh, Fahrenheit 9/11 eventually topped out at 119 million domestically, 224 million globally. This again, I'll bet you, I'll bet you this is on track for what seven million, maybe maybe eight. It doesn't say here, does it? It doesn't. I don't think they take a guess at that. I didn't see a projection. But usually they fall off quite a bit the second week, and then more than that the next week, and you just keep making less and less as time goes on. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Use that number tomorrow, and we will talk to you then on Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.